0: Ladies and gentlemen, may I present, for your intellectual and philosophical pleasure, Ron and Fez on Raw Dog, serious XM, Comedy Hits.
1: buddies. It's the Ron and Fez show. On a Wednesday. It's hump day. Uh, 866 Ron Zero Fez. 866 Ron Zero Fez. That's our telephone number. Our Twitter. Ron and Fez SXM. On Pinterest. where Ron's Things. And that. on Hulu um, I don't think we exist there. I can't keep up with all the goddamn online things. There's so many. I was doing the um unmash yesterday with Mark Marin and he's like I work all the time if Twitter is work and I'm like, It is. It is work. If you have to sit there and attempt to make everyone think that your tweets is good, that's a job. It's not a good job, but it's a job, nevertheless. Uh, coming up on today's show, we've got some cool stuff happening. Um, a lot of guests are stopping by. John Cryer is going to be here from, I think it's 12 and a half men. Two. Man, they really up that right, cast. I got, I got a one in front of this one. What did you say, Quickliner? They really upped that cast this season. That's great. Um, also, Larry King. Larry King is going to be here. Bensonhurst, you're on the air. <laughs> Larry King used to be, do the greatest thing on the radio. He would never say the callers' names just where they're from. Bloomington. Hey, I'm from there. Sedona, you're on the air. What can we do for you? Uh, never would go out of his way to learn names. Places. Incredibly important to him. Larry King, the man who more or less invented the format that we work in today, which is kind of national talk radio. Uh, Personally, I've tried to point this out to the younger guys that all want to do podcasts. The best thing that you could ever do is work in local radio. The most exciting you can make a change takes place in local radio. That's where you literally get to scream about I don't know, a pothole in a certain street, and the city will go, shit, go fix that fucking pothole to get that asshole off of us. You could get, you know, you get local people involved in the show, is uh, phenomenal. And local radio is almost gone in the country right now because everyone wants to start national now. Everybody just wants to go, I'm in, you could reach me on the World Wide Web everywhere. Um, I've got a podcast out, and I'm sure you would enjoy it. Uh, do, do you sticking? You staying in there with Fargo, Chris?
2: Yes, I, I fucking caught up last night. Best uh, show on TV. It's pretty fucking ridiculous, and last night's episode.
1: No, if, get me wrong. Best show on TV. And it was better than the Yellow Kings show. Shelby, you keeping up? Yeah. And with that one, it's just, oh,
3: what is this nutty thing? But here, like, you know it's a true crime, but then I still think there's some layers, like with Odenkirk. I'm going to give you deal? something.
1: It's not a true crime.
3: It's
1: true crime genre. No, it's fiction. It's fiction. And don't fucking just flutter fingers at me and act like that makes up for things, because you're, 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 you're sending me quote butterflies.
2: Bullshit.
1: That's not going to work. Um... We've talked about this before on our show. We believe the edgiest, most ruthless, ruthless comic out there today is Joan Rivers. And there's a piece on the iBank today called "called You Can't Intimidate Joan Rivers. And it's fantastic put together because you could see how many times people asked her to apologize, and how many times she has doubled down. <laughs> she has doubled down and uh, beat the shit out of the people who asked for apologies. Uh, that's up on the iBank. And, of course, the now legendary E-Rock piece. Uh, Shelby was so excited about this today. Did you watch it live, Shelby? Is that why your th- your thrill was there? Yeah, uh,
3: uh, she was chasing around Elizabeth Hasselbeck uh, of View and Fox and Friends fame, like one of the other hosts, and then E-Rock was down there. What I'm asking you is, were you standing there watching live? I was not in front
1: of the building, I was watching on TV. So your excitement level went through the roof. Now, how do they have a TV show called The After Show? This is after their show was over, then they do a TV show... The show's after it? Like
2: a wrap-up type after show.
1: A wrap-up of themselves. Normally, if there's <laughs> going to be a wrap-up show, the same host don't do it. All right, let me go see this here, because everyone has wanted to show me this, and I said, let me see it live. Well, not live, but let me see it on the air first. So I'm very aware who the Fox and Friends are. And they were having a birthday show with, who's that uh, cook there? Guy Fieri. Okay. There's Guy Fieri. And how long does this take? Is that, all right, that's E-Rock jumping around in the background? Yes. Yeah. So this is live on TV.
4: I'm sure my parents yeah.
1: see this because they watch Fox 24 hours a day. Who's hiding
5: Brian? She needs more Calvados.
1: All right. Oh, my gosh, what What happened? She did not hit Iraq with it. Someone else did,
3: right? You know, he grabbed the cake from her. There was no reason for her to really go behind the barrier, which was like just like a one in a million chance that she would actually do that. But then he just why was it. she back there? I don't know. Why she would was,
1: she run by with a cake?
3: She was trying to smash it on the other uh, host. I think like Brian Kilmeade, I think, and of course doesn't want to get it on his suit and perfect. All right, hair. let me
1: just ask this because I'm old school Carney. Was this a hookup? Was he in on a bit? Ask D-Rock if he wants to come down. Okay, I don't. I. Yeah. It's very tough for me to get this explained from Shelby, and then I got uh, Chris. Just I don't know. But Shelby set up the angle of why was she even back there, and did they pay any attention that right. Iraq got this slapped on his face? I think they just kind of shuffled him off. He gave her
3: a, quite the hefty high five that looked like he just shattered her wrist. But there.
1: he should have acted like his, something was wrong with his eye and got some of that Fox and Friends money. Just drop? Yeah. Always act like they've hurt your eye.
2: Scream, yeah. I can't see, I can't see.
1: Could have... Do we got Iraq coming down?
2: He He should be on his way.
1: Let me, let me go back and see the exact time. So it was E-Rock that grabbed the cake himself and shoved it in his own face.
3: She had tried to smash him previously and then E-Rock? went inside. No, uh,
1: I think Brian Kilmeade. I'm asking about E-Rock. I understand yeah. that you've got a Brian Kilmeade thing, but I'm trying to find out how E-Rock got himself into their bit. All this was taking place as I was coming in today. What About what time was this? I'd say probably around uh, 9.30, 9.45. So e just was watching the TV and knew that they were doing a piece. Right across he, the street. He, um, he looks like a juggalo now with that <laughs> stuff on his face. He's down with the clown.
2: Violent J. I think he throws up the two number ones. Like he's the best
3: She had the safety of the inside of the studio And then that little barrier there And then it was like a stroke of luck That she happened to just leave there Is it?
2: There's no safety in that barrier
1: Is it a stroke of luck or Are we watching wrestling take place Before our eyes Oh there's our buddy from TMZ He just (laughs) happens to be in the background too I wonder if he got Iraq on TMZ So I take it we can't get Iraq to come down the hall? Is that the uh, problem? Um, he said he was,
6: um, the the A intern said Iraq was on his way down. Should be here in a minute.
1: When we open that minute, it's fucking 13 steps away. I don't want to get this into LT time. And he's not heading down any hall. That hallway's barren. Could you just even do that less so I can't even see out at all? He's a slow-moving motherfucker. I guess if you've had his years in the business, you can just take all the time that you want if you're uh, Shelby. I just don't try to run. All right, hold on. I don't even have this stuff hooked up today. I got to get a team in here that says, I want to set up the studio. Um. Chris says he can explain it to me in a couple seconds. Yeah, yeah. Elizabeth
7: Hasselbeck was chasing that guy Brian around. They ran into the building on the which is on the other side of the rope. On her way back, she was outside of the rope. She, as she walked by E-Rock, he just snatched the cake out of her hand and slammed it in his face. And that's really all that happened.
1: Well, first of all, let's just say that that's brilliant. That's a brilliant move because no one ever, no one can stop somebody from committing cake suicide. <laughs> So that's all it was. All right, thanks.
2: Thank you. Cake aside.
1: I think they're having a meeting right now. One of my guys should have told me that. Instead of saying they were heading down. Um, Here's uh, Brent. Brent, you're on the Renafez show.
7: Hey, how's it going? Good. Uh, Adam from TMZ said he couldn't get he saw everything, but he couldn't get it on video because Fox and Friends doesn't like them videotaping their stuff.
1: Yeah, I guess that is a problem. If you're Fox and Friends, you're like, we're trying to sell this video ourselves, and then you guys are just videoing our video. You know, on the way home yesterday, I walked through five different modeling shoots between here and my house five different times that there were tall, leggy blondes kind of tilted to one day side while small Asian guys were taking pictures. There's a lot of small Asian photographers now. I'd like to look into that.
2: I always thought thought like a tall white man would be a photographer instead of a small Asian. That's because you're a fucking racist, my friend. (laughs) I'm a photographer racist. That's what I'm finding out today.
1: No, just racist. You don't even have to go anywhere else with it. You're just an awful racist. Uh, John Cryer coming up later. It's the season finale of Two and a Half Men. Take a guess what uh, this guy makes a week. I'd say $200,000 a week. $200,000 would be an outrageous amount of
2: money. A week?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Fuck, I'd lose my mind. And it's small. (laughs) He makes $600,000 a week holy shit but you gotta remember it's 22 minutes a week so that's <laughs> fucking hard he's making Mayweather m- money right now um, Larry King coming up in just a couple of minutes um, he's got his show now on Aura TV and Hulu uh, Larry King for years people like would tease Larry King about this or that but CNN fell apart without him. And that fucking Englishman, he floundered till they finally just fucking cut him
2: loose. It was a bed shitting through and through with Pierce Morgan.
1: There's something about Pierce that just didn't draw people in. And I can't even tell you. I know that he fought about guns and stuff like that, but I can't tell you like what famous people even bothered to go in and do the show. And Larry King had nothing but famous people rolling in. Jane Fonda's here with us next. He looks fantastic. I think Jennifer Lawrence was even late for his show
3: once. Just Yeah, I was finishing something up with Kimmel. They would have never done that to Larry King, like, roll
1: in halfway through the show. We can't even get E-Rock to walk down the fucking hall. So the last thing I want to do is make fun of anybody for that. Larry King. Not his real name, by the way. Really? He came from an Arab Whatever where if you, you were Jewish, you, you changed your name. That's been th- thrown out the door. It seems like, like, years later, like Jerry Seinfeld probably would have been Jerry Starr. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's how they would have done it. Did you see Starr last night? But um, there are, you know, we st- John Stewart's name isn't John Stewart. I didn't know that. Mm-mm. It's like John Stewart is his middle name, um, and it's like John Stewart, Jewish name. Stewart now, what is his name? Leibowitz.
3: very Jewish. Say <laughs> like Jeffrey Ross was Lipsh. I think Lipshitz before that. What was this real or fake vine that you put up last night? It's a high school player in Texas that he was supposed to throw a pass to himself, and the way it's edited, I think it's fake, but
1: it looks. Pretty damn real. This is up on the I bang. He throws no of course it's fake. It's the fakest thing I've ever seen in my life. Go. Go. I don't even see him catch it. What is that, about thirty five yards? Easily. Oh, Go. That's bullshit. I'd like to see the arc of the ball. You love the vines, though, huh, Shelby? You always like. I got a new vine. I noticed he is also wearing yeah la- la- layered clothing. I've never been more for layers. First of all, Iraq, congratulations! You're completely viral today. I was trying to figure out the premise of how this happened, and you're wearing a Harvey Leeds shirt. This was the only shirt in this place. (laughs) You you know, growing up Harvey Leeds is a legend, by the way.
8: I know. A legend. But you know how, being in this business for so long, the two things you'd think you'd get free all the time are t-shirts and concert tickets. Yeah. Nobody has either around here. This is right. all we could scrape up. so
1: this isn't the kind of radio that we came up in, no. it was only. That was basically you would get free CDs, free T-shirts, free concert tickets and anything that any of the fucking advertisers owned. Shit man. Uh, I, I had friends uh, that worked at a place that used to drive over to a certain gas station and get filled up. All the time, and then they would just Got a great fill up the other day and uh, <laughs> they would talk about it.
8: When I was down in Florida, I used to make friends, I was doing nights, and I used to make friends with the delivery guys. And whenever there was a misplaced order or an extra whatever, yeah. they would come by and because uh, they would call in and I'd say, Oh, what are you doing? And they'd come by
1: and drop off all the food. You're living like a king. Yeah. All right, this bit today. Yeah. I got to know was this a setup? Was this wrestling? Or did you just do this spur of the moment? Spur of the moment. And what was she doing on the outside of the ropes, though?
8: Well, um, they were watch- I was in the back, and and ONA are doing the show, and they see on TV that Guy Fieri's doing some cooking segment outside. Right. So they send me down. I get down there. I guess they go to break for top of the hour stuff. They come back, and he's cooking pork chops, and then there's a birthday cake. And uh, I'm trying to get into the shot, but the guy either the camera guy sees me or he's tightening up too much. So every time I get into the shot, the camera moves, so you're not right. seeing me. So she Elizabeth Hasselback thought it would be funny to take the cake and try to smush it into uh, Guy Fieri and then and the other guy uh, I forgot his name the Brian. tall dude uh, Brian yeah no. um try to smush it into her face but she threw it like a girl and it went down onto the tarp and a little chunk of it came out. So she picked it up and started running after him and uh, he runs out of the the boundaries there that they have for security and she thought it was funny she's chasing him and then she goes back into the building for like 30 seconds. Comes running back out, thinks she's going to do the bit again, chasing people with the cake. But now she's doing a victory lap right. around the perimeter, holding the cake in her hand like a waiter with a, with a tray. So as she comes by, she stops. So I snatch it from her hand, and then I smash it across my face um like something from foot fist way
1: but by, by the way you you gave her too hard of a high five this high five yeah go back and watch it that's a high five that a man would get yeah
8: <laughs> you almost decked her yeah
1: i know that's uh, Cake was i flying. just had a,
8: you know i just did the touchdown and uh
1: how is she kind of hot up close yeah she kind of is all right so that could have been a molestation thing
8: but you, uh, yeah, I, I didn't realize at the time yeah. how how hard I hit her. But the cake went all in her hair and yeah. then up her uh, her uh, smart business suit. So, so she's wearing an orange business suit now. She's covered in cake. She looks That's, like Jackie Kennedy, except with cake instead of blood.
1: Did um, too soon. did the chef act like it, it is too soon? The Je- the Kennedy thing? Yeah, not long enough. Um, did. Um, Guy. Yeah, did Guy act like he knew you or he act like you're just some fucking I don't stranger on the street. <laughs>
8: Roland said he, he recognized me, but I don't think at the time he did because he turned around and looked at me and he's off camera and he mouths, Holy shit <laughs> right? So that's where I'm I'm pulling the cake out of my eyes and I give her the high five and I see Guy going like holy shit and then so he this kinda walked is, away.
1: This is your thing now if you see any because we've got within walking distance here, three national shows that are doing stuff outside. Right. Uh, NBC, CNN, and Fox, I think. I got an idea for you so everyone can find you quickly. Right. We should always have balloons ready for you so you've got <laughs> balloons and we will know you're right under the balloon. So no matter what happens... In a bright red shirt. Yeah. Whatever it is, we know that you're the guy under the balloons. Look at how hard you smack her head. <laughs> well, and then just juggalo. From that point on, you're just a juggalo. Yeah. It would really help. Doing the yes chant. I uh, I think we could get you a little money if you keep wearing that Harvey Leeds shirt, too. <laughs> a little payola. Yeah, a little something something. They want us to take payola. That's the that's the beauty of it. Hey, no. Well, you get that free weed. What? What? A lot of listeners Just send him weed. No. A lot no, of listeners. No, a lot of know. growers. I remember when you first started around here, you were getting
8: uh, cartons of uh, Marlboro Reds. You've really moved up. Yeah. Now they're like Turkish. I
2: don't right? know what anyone's talking about here.
1: Later, he's just getting um, secrets sent in from Al Qaeda.
2: All I know is my favorite YouTube account is the One LB Club.
1: I know one thing: if you say a certain word on the air, three different cells kick into action. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Everyone be listening. Aunt
1: Elizabeth, despite her act,
8: is is kind of hot. She was really hot on the View back mm. in the day. Yeah. And you then when she it? left and came over here, she still she still holds up, but not as hot. Not as hot. There's some weathering, but uh, okay. She's still, uh, she's still good. Well, she's
1: doing the show outside, so that's going to happen. Well, first of all, congratulations. And I can't wait to see that Opie that has you pushed us too far. That's my. That'll be the place. That'll be the next chapter. He dropped a baby. Looks like E
8: Rock's getting pulled away in cuffs. At least it wasn't, you know, timely like kicking a kitten.
1: Um, Megan. Megan, you're on the Run of Fez show.
7: Hey guys. Yeah. Um, so, you guys were just making a that
1: JFK joke. I was just Too wondering soon.
3: when it would be appropriate to make
1: jokes it's about that. Never during our lifetime. While All anyone right. was alive, anyone alive today will never be able to make a JFK joke. Plus fifty years. Well, we're already yeah. It's we're already at fifty years. No, I think yeah. it's the life
8: of the people plus fifty.
1: Right? Oh, life of the people plus fifty. Okay. That's why I'm just now um, starting to do jokes about Benjamin Button, <laughs> because really he went in a reverse sense. All right. Well, this is great stuff. Are you really going to keep this going? Is this going to be a thing now?
8: If, if there are situations uh, that arise, yeah. Why not? Balloons.
1: We'll always be able to I find you with balloons. might give me away. Yeah, but that could be your calling card. That could be your rainbow wig. It's a bit serial killish. (laughs) Do you guys remember the rainbow wig guy, or are you too young? I I, I know. He used to be at every Monday Night Football, just going fucking crazy. Did he have a John 316? Yeah, he invented the John 316. And then uh, later he got arrested and did maybe Serious Time. Maybe Serious Time. I can't remember what it was for. Um, But did you see the, the movie Bernie? Yeah. Alright, so remember how we all love that. Hell yeah. They let that guy out yesterday just like Party Monster. But here's the weird deal. Bernie got let out if and only if he lives with Richard Linkletter, the director of that film. What? Yeah. This this is a fucking movie. This is the fucking sequel to the goddamn movie he made. Hopefully. But
2: Holy shit.
1: If this is the deal, why can't Manson live with Quentin Tarantino or (laughs) Oliver
8: Stone?
3: I think Damon Echols is living with Eddie Vedder now. They're just
1: chilling together. He's living downtown, and he's doing very well for himself, too. Is
8: it like a house arrest thing, or is, does he have to follow
1: him throughout the day? I think he does have a uh, a weird thing where he has to, you know, check in every fifteen minutes. You know, it's Texas justice.
2: Son of Sam should be hanging out with Spike Lee, just fucking living one of his buildings. Too
1: soon, dude. What's Son of Sam. Yeah. Seventies. Son of Sam was after, but see, this is the other thing that makes things too soon. If it happens in New York, it's too soon. If it happens in L.A., you can start joking about it that night. <laughs> That would
6: put Phil Spector living with David Mamet.
1: You did a fantastic job, my friend. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. You're bigger it. than life. You're so bigger than
8: life now. Has it gone? Any, I was in a meeting... Before I came here? So has it gone anywhere outside of our universe? No.
1: Uh, Everyone is talking about it from coast to coast. Wow. All right?
8: That's amazing.
1: It's the lead story now on Fox News.
8: It's everywhere. Yeah. They gave up on
1: that plane, huh? Yeah. They gave up on the plane, and this is considered like a suicide cake job. uh, You've left Sam in the fucking dust now with some of the shit that he does. You've moved way up. Nice. Uh, By the way, I haven't seen you since the big dinner. Right. Which was a lovely time. Also involved cake throwing. Yeah. Also got weirdly cake at the end of the night. But that was a nice time, and let's all push to do it again. Sure. Mm. Yeah, we. I think that's the first time we've ever
8: done that. Yeah. Well, they felt guilty. Mm. You know. Well, I know Fez owes like a bunch of dinners, so I'm sure we could get that
1: he, going. He owes 27 but he has a bad shoulder. And so. courtside. Tickets for the Nets game. Which yeah, that's never we never Well, you just give us the card, and we'll, we'll go out. Maybe now what we ought to do is just be on with our feet on the dugout of the Yankees game. That's fucking great. That could be the replacement deal. Very nice. Well, thank you, guys. Okay, my man. It. Thank you so much. There goes E-Rock. Cake Suicide. Uh, it's cake, man. Man, that makes me embarrassed of how shitty producers you guys are. You know how many times you've gone viral for me, Shelby? Zero. Chris? Yeah. You've let down me and Dave.
2: I am a fucking letter down. When's that show being done this week? Uh, not happening this week, ha- next week. Wow.
1: <clears throat> Tim was right.
2: Tim was not right.
1: What did you say about your boss? <laughs> I want to get this down so I can <laughs> play for him later. Don't bat Christ. Yeah. <laughs> Smart the way you pick sides, You always pick with the fucking winners. We're not the champions, my friend. Did I sound just like Freddie Mercury when I started singing like that? Better. Thank what? you. Thank you. Shelby, you're the number one producer now. Chris? Yeah? You're on mine and Sabian's fucking hit list. Oh, Jesus. You've sold us out to the for the last time. And he knows you're behind that Reddit hit shop. I'm behind nothing. That's true. That is a hundred percent true. Yeah. We could never say Chris is responsible for that. Um, John Cryer coming up a little later on. But next is Larry King. Uh, radios, Larry King. Televisions, Larry King. Cables, Larry King. And now the internet's Larry King. He's done it all. Uh, He's on Aura.TV Aura.TV and Hulu. You can get new episodes of Larry King now. Mondays through Thursdays. Then he takes a nice three day weekend off. He's taking the Daily Show model for himself. Daily Show model for himself. Yeah, Thank you. Uh, On Twitter it's at King's Things. Let's uh, talk to the one and only Larry King. Brooklyn Zone, Larry King. How Brooklyn, how
9: are you? you bet. How are you, my friend? I'm fine, Ron. You could take the boy out of Brooklyn, but you can't take Brooklyn out of the boy. Well, you know, you took the Dodgers with you, so. No, I. Uh, that same year, '57. Yeah. I went down to Miami and broke yeah. into radio, and then the Dodgers played out the season and went west. Is that right? We both left. You both left. <laughs>
1: um. You know, uh, what you did in Miami, I think, changed radio for, well, forever. Uh, All the kind of talk formats got changed at
9: that time. Well, I started the first national network coast-to-coast talk show. Mm -hmm. We started in Miami. Well, we only broadcast out of Miami for like two months and moved to Washington. But they all said it would fail. um, That How could national talk work? Because... So what people in Denver are interested in is not what people in Memphis are interested in. Right, And we prove that wrong because people are curious. The world's got shorter. Satellites came in. Mm-hmm. And people talked. So people knew who uh, people in Memphis knew the mayor in New York and the world got the country got smaller. And it was a wild thing to do, Ron, at, at night to sit there all night long in Washington and see all those lights light up. And we never screened a call. Every call that came in got on. If we go Cincinnati, then Davenport, L.A., Sacramento, Miami. Wow, that's exciting stuff. It was,
1: and really, you were like I said, the format didn't really exist before you were doing that, so you were pretty free, I guess, to
9: yeah, I take was. it in a direction. I always felt, you know, I always felt pioneering. It was CNN. We was the yeah. first worldwide talk show. With uh, I once did a show. I forgot I even did it. In 1980, I did a show uh, for The Voice of America. Mm-hmm. That was the first worldwide talk show where people called in. The first call I ever took was from Beijing. Yeah. I never forgot that. And then, of course, now on the Internet, I'm on Aura TV, which I own part of the company. In, mm-hmm. And we're distributed by Hulu. So I'm on the Internet every day, which is another new thing to me. Right. Right. I can't believe that I, I'm 80 years old and I keep on doing this. I, around, I don't know what it is. I'm just fixated on asking questions, talking to people, communicating. I love, I love the whole business. I, this give and take. Right. I'm. I've been doing it for 57 years. But do you
1: still feel the same way when you're off the air? Do you sit around and have conversations? Yeah. I'm
9: the kind of guy. Yeah. You don't want to sit next to you on an airplane. <laughs> I'm just I, well, why do you do this? Why do you yeah. want to be this? And I'm interested in them I can't I don't know where it came from. I don't know where that curiosity came from that why, do, why am I interested in why a bus driver wants to drive a bus? what's it like to be a pilot? what's it like to be a carpenter or a plumber? So no matter who I'm sitting next to, whatever their profession is. I learned something.
1: I think it's a way to live a lot of lives. I think that when you find out about other people's lives, a little bit of you gets to live that. That's why yeah. we love to read fiction. You know, ten percent
9: th- of everything. Yeah, which could <laughs> yeah. be dangerous. Uh, but I saw. So I, but I never knew. I never thought I knew more than a guest. Mm-hmm. So I never made the guest more important than me. I never used the word I. Rarely use the word I in asking questions. I asked short questions. If a question was over two sentences long, it was probably too long for me. I was a simple, I was also kind of, not stupid is the wrong word. My friend Herbie Cohen, who wrote You Can Negotiate Anything, Mm -hmm. my best friend for life told me, he says, you know the secret of your success is you're kind of dumb in the (laughs) sense that what you do every day is go, help me, explain this to me, why? You say why a lot. And why is the world's best question because it can't be answered in one word. So whenever you say why, the person has to think. And you force someone to think, why do you do this every day? Why do you like what you do? Think about
1: it. I think it's also interesting that you've always been ready to let people run with opinions that you don't necessarily My share. My opinion.
9: I always felt... That my opinion, I had an opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't matter. I was uh, maybe I don't know where that came from, but when I started, I was reared in New York radio. I'd listen to these guys, and I never knew their opinion. I, I didn't know what Arthur Gottfried thought about things. I just knew he was a great communicator. Mike Wallace. I, I, I found out late in life that Mike Wallace was a Republican. I always thought he was a Democrat. <laughs> I got to be very friendly with him. But that kind of radio I was ge- geared with, raised mm. with. So, I always felt that I was a conduit that the guests counted, and the guests through me went to the audience i never got the only time I ever got angry on the air ever with a guest was Governor George Wallace the first time because racism i couldn't tolerate I just I never had a good explanation of it, and that was the only time i ever where I ever lost my cool
1: but it's even interesting to let a racist run with it because they will expose themselves
9: yeah i what I would ask things like well. Why does it make a difference to you, the pigment of someone's skin? Why? Why would you buy copper tone? <laughs> why do you want to look better? You, why, well, I don't. I never understood it. I just uh, racism. That's the biggest. It's still the biggest. The biggest downside in America. We've lived with it since the slavery. Yeah.
1: And it's, like you said, it's still
9: there today. Look at the Los Angeles Clippers.
1: Los Angeles Clippers, a man who owns a basketball team. Doesn't necessarily like black people.
9: <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Totally absurd.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, the always the interesting thing to me with the Brooklyn Dodgers of Jackie Robertson coming in, I yeah. always thought that the interesting experiment we didn't try at that time is what if Pee Wee Reese went to the Negro League? How well would have he have <laughs> done? You know, I always thought that thing of like, yay, he's here. But we lost so many great uh black franchises back
9: then huh. the monarchs and stuff like that Well, whenever advancement occurs mm-hmm. of course um the little grocer when P right. came to the corner that's one of the things progress you know black businesses that yeah. got hurt but that had to happen because the the, the average black athlete got hurt yeah but the black fan had a wider base to root for. And the really good at the Hank Aarons and the Jackie Robinson deserved more pay and a larger stage.
1: But we also lost at that point black owners, black general managers, black managers, you know, because they didn't get picked up in the league. So well,
9: that's it, But I didn't know what the answer was mm. because uh, I was a Jackie's first game. Yeah. Wow. I was up there in the bleachers and the. It was 60 cents to get into the bleachers. It was April 1947. I was f- 13 and a half years old. And I later interviewed him twice. Wow. So I, I felt a part of history then. I knew that I was sitting at, at a moment that was fantastic, that was that would change change America. When I interviewed Martin Luther King, in fact, I introduced him by saying the founder of the civil rights movement, he corrected me and call Jackie Robinson the founder, the true founder of the civil rights movement in America. So yes, when we advance, Mm. people get cut by the wayside. The poor guy who, the horseshoe maker when the car came in.
1: (laughs) Yeah, But you know, that is an interesting point that King made, too, because you look at a kid, if they become a fan of someone, it's tougher to be a racist. I always thought Bill Cosby did so much... Uh, to combat racism just by being on TV, just by being funny,
9: you know? Of course, the color disappears, you know? Yeah. You, you, know you you don't... The, the guys become colorless. Right. You think of Michael Jordan as a black guy?
1: Just a piece today that Michael said he grew up very racist because of growing up in the South, was very angry as a young man, and um, it's something that, you know, everybody can work
9: through. Well, I understand black anger. Yeah. Oh, well, Jesus... To be treated like that just because of your color? I would understand that completely. Black anger.
1: Um, You know what? I always thought one of the funniest guests I've ever heard on the radio ever is when you would have Albert Brooks just as a phone caller.
9: The best. Oh, you remember those days? (laughs) Yeah, they were amazing. Albert Brooks was just... I remember the day he was... (laughs) When he said, uh, what if Walter Cronkite... What if Walter Cronkart, who loved covering space and moonshots, what if they sent him up and he was afraid? And then he went into, oh, my God, get me out of here. Get me down. This is down. I've got money in Sweden. I'll pay big money. For this. One time Albert was on and the Olympics were on. And Albert said, you know, I, I remember that night because Tommy Lasorda was also on that night. Lasorda was waiting to go on next and cracked up. He said what if what if we had a steroid Olympics? Olympics just <laughs> for steroid uses. And okay. The guy with the shot put threw it from Brooklyn to Newark. <laughs> the high jumper disappeared. <laughs> and that's a great idea. Yeah. But his Albert's mind mm-hmm. um he was the West Coast Woody.
1: Yeah, and also perfect for radio because he wanted to improv. You didn't know what direction and he, he could was going go voices. To. Yeah,
9: and he was. Uh, I see Albert once in a while. Now he's a family man. He's got children. Yeah, he does a movie. He got. He should have had an Academy Award. He played a vicious guy in a movie.
1: Oh yeah, well, the he uh, drive. People. Drive was. Drive. The, yeah, oh. he was fantastic. When he stabs in that. that guy in yeah. the hand,
9: oh, <laughs> it'll go away. It'll go away. The pain will <laughs> cease. You will die easy.
1: But that's, that's hysterical. I always thought for him, and that's one of the things that you can get in radio that nowhere else. You know, that well, chance you have time.
9: The time and the yeah. the things you can visualize. Like, to me, the funniest man on the planet, and I'm friends with Don Rickles and all mm-hmm. those guys, is yeah. Mel Brooks. Yeah. Uh, the 2,000-year-old man. Uh, that album was sent to me <laughs> when I was a dish jockey in Miami. is 1958 or 59. And they said, "Listen to this." I didn't know who Mel Brooks was, and I put that record on. And Carl Reiner, who's a dear friend of mine, a man reporting to be two thousand years old, just landed at Kennedy Airport. at uh, At, uh, at uh, Kennedy Airport, and no, it wasn't Kennedy Airport. What was the name before Kennedy? um, Idlewild, I,
1: I believe you're right.
9: Landed Idlewild airport and, uh, he's supposed to be 2,000. I'm not 2000 (laughs) yet. I'll be 2000 (laughs) October 3rd. Now, when I heard that, yeah, I was playing that. I fell off. Now, (laughs) five years later, I'm in New York at the New York world's fair. And I meet Mel, and I get to interview him. And I just never forget that he was filming the producers, uh, and uh, we went on the air, and I said, "Do you want to, you want to play the two thousand year old man?" And he went right into it. Hmm. Now, on radio, if you're listening to, if you're seeing him, he's just a little Jewish guy. But, yeah. But if you're listening, he goes. I said, "What do you think of the fair, the New York World's Fair?" He goes, "Fair." <laughs> I
4: go,
9: said, "Just fair, just fair. Just, fair. <laughs> just fair." I said, "Wait a minute. We got a monorail. We got. T- were you at the first fair? The first fair? Were you there? No." It was. It was. We. 132 people came. The whole world. The fair was held at the bottom of a ravine because there was no means of transportation. So people rolled in to see the fair. In fact, that was one of the exhibits. Watch the people roll in. What was the big hit at the first fair? The big hit. We had two big hits: the burning bush. We thought it was a ride, (laughs) and Moses moses parted the red sea every day three times on sunday three times on sunday six drachmas it was a bargain <laughs> and he had a press agent Audie, who told him moses you keep this up <laughs> i'll get you 10 pages in the old testament <laughs> now i'm sitting there the the incredible aspect of that humor mm. Was, and but was listening to it. Seeing him would be funny, but seeing him, he'd be sitting with clothes. He, yeah. But listening to him, can imagine a guy, 2,000 years old, a shriveled up little guy, <laughs> what he must look like. Maybe he's wearing a talis. <laughs> what, what, what does he look like? Then the next time I would later have him on was the night Neil Armstrong landed on the moon. Mel Brooks is my guest. The night we're on the moon. And I said to him, you're 2,000 years old. What do you think of this? We landed on the moon, and he said, The moon, the moon, in my whole 2,000 years, the moon was my favorite thing. Of all the things in the world, I loved the moon the most. Why? He said, Well, for 400 years, I thought I had a cataract. <laughs> <laughs> and one day a friend said, Isn't the moon beautiful? I said, The what? The <laughs> what? Now, that and that's you,
1: improv. That's top of his head.
9: That's yeah. Mel Brooks. Yeah. That's genius. But the radio, or listening on a record, mm. when you listen to something, when you don't have to picture what the someone looks like, it's funnier. Yeah. Old time radio was Jack Benny's, that moment, the funniest moment in the history of radio. You know it? No, tell, tell everyone. Jack Benny, who was not a cheap guy. It's a very, gave away a lot of things. But he pretended to be cheap as hell. You know, he had had his first car, was 100 years old. In the scene, (laughs) he's walking down the street late at night, and a guy comes up and says, your money or your life? He's got a gun. Your money or your life? Your money or your life? I'm thinking about it. <laughs> now that pause, yeah, could never work on television.
1: That timing was for going directly into someone's right
9: head. into right into yeah. your head, into your ear. You mm-hmm. couldn't, and that's the that's so radio. Of all the things I've done, I would have to be my personal favorite is radio.
1: Well, yeah, I I would agree. You had all that time at night to do what you wanted to do. The pressure wasn't on you like it is with TV. And, you know, just thinking that you get the chance to play the the Carl Reiner spot. I mean, that's really like, you know... The straight man. Yeah, the straight man. Bob Newhart told me before that in the old days, the straight man was actually paid more. In the team, because he had the, he had the timing.
9: Abbott and Costello. Yeah. There's nothing funny than Who's On First. Yeah, Who's On First is the... You Listen know. to Abbott's part of Who's On First. Yeah. He's the incredulous one. Right. Of course, I mean, Costello has all the funny one, but Abbott is the driving...
1: Yeah. Dean Martin with Lewis. Martin and Lewis. Oh, if Dean you go back hysterical. and just
9: watch Dean, you're like, oh my God. Oh, sure. Burns and Allen. Yeah. Yeah, of course, the straight man carries the carries the act, mm. and uh, but the straight man, I, I'm a I I do a comedy tour. I go around the country in theaters, and I tell funny stories of growing up and funny stories of early radio. And but when I'm a, uh, the straight man, has to understand humor. You have to you have to really dig yeah. humor to be a straight man, and I I so appreciate the man the guy who stands on a stage though and tells jokes or tells stories when nice, i like the bob newhart you mentioned bob yeah. newhart the button down mind of bob newhart Brilliant. is one of the great albums ever made
1: and most of that was written in the studio and not on stage he went out and performed it later at
9: yeah, the but, hungry eye
1: yeah that that timing had to exist somewhere in him he had and to where know.
9: does timing yeah come from uh Humor fascinates me, you know what is what 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 is funny? What makes something funny? You know, what is funny and not funny? like for example Lincoln is funny. Death stories of Lincoln, yeah. you know, what what how do you like to play? Mm-hmm. That's funny. There's nothing funny yet about Kennedy.
1: Still. Still.
9: got to take time. Cancer's not funny. Alzheimer's is funny. You could play with things. And we've analyzed. I used to talk to Lenny Bruce a lot about humor. Guy told me a joke the other day. Doctor says to a patient, I have terrible news and worse news. What's the terrible news? You have cancer. What's worse? You have Alzheimer's. Thank God I don't have cancer.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You had Lenny Bruce in the very early days. Oh, yeah,
9: I knew Lenny very well. Nothing like him. Lenny was, look at what they're saying today,
1: Mm -hmm.
9: and they arrested Lenny. Arrested him. He was brilliant. Brilliant. No one like him.
1: Uh, And what's also always interesting is that you could go
9: from those guests and the next guest... Be the president. Be the president. Well, I love... That's what I always loved is uh, versatility, and I never wanted to get locked into politics or show business or sports, I loved it all. Keep moving it around. Uh, new episodes of Larry King now airs Monday through Thursdays
1: on Aura uh, TV and Hulu. Uh, go to the Twitter at King's Things. Thank you so much, Larry.
9: Thank you're on. Great being with you. A lot of fun.
1: Same here, man. And your
9: engineer has a great sense of
1: humor. Yeah, he's mind. fantastic. <laughs> That's the 1986 Rockin' Sounds of the Larry King Now Show. I like it. I like the way that he agreed, too soon for JFK jokes. See? Alzheimer's is funny.
2: Larry King's pretty awesome.
1: You love that, huh?
2: Yeah. Once, yeah, it's, uh, well, it was the... I
1: miss the suspenders.
2: (laughs) I wish he would have just lit up a cigarette.
1: By the way, I don't find Alzheimer's funny. My grandmother had Alzheimer's. I never talk about that. That's rough. Thanks for being supportive of me. I'm trying, you know. You're supportive of me, not supportive of Tim, which... No, what? Well, I heard what you said earlier. You want me to go back and replay it? Please, no. I'm
2: supportive of everyone.
1: You don't say things like that, though. You got to pick a side in this world. Um, but Larry King, uh, Larry King. Now, you never had any Alzheimer's in your family.
2: Nothing I know of. Everyone went pretty early, so they didn't get to the age where Alzheimer's would like set in. I guess it's more of an older disease. You're right.
3: that's, a, that's a good point. I have a relative who I found out has it like bad. Like he saw another relative that he hadn't seen in years in a store, and like walked up to him. They're like, "Oh, hey, so and so." No idea who they were. He just called them so-and-so? I don't want to say... Give out names. Why?
5: If
1: you said Larry, who would know?
5: (laughs) Holy shit!
1: I'm gonna call in. So that's who his uncle is! No. (laughs) It's not (laughs) (laughs) so-and-so. It's
3: Larry! Got him. That was the saddest part of that 50-50 movie to me. That the dad had no idea who the son was. Not even the cancer to me.
6: My father's aunt had it. And they uh, put her in an assisted living home... And her Alzheimer's took her back to her younger days when she was a waitress. And she thought she was a waitress working at the nursing home. Hey, John, you're on the run
1: of Fez Show.
7: Hey, Ron, Larry King said your engineer has a great sense of humor. And you said, yeah, he's awesome. Who in the world were you referring to?
1: Fez. He's oh, other... oh where did
7: go? Fez, welcome back, Fez. He, he's Thank on the you. other
1: side of the... Um... On the glass here, and he's been selling some uh, jokes. You've got to, uh, when you get a chance, listen to the Fez's rip-roaring Ed McMahon routine that he does during the next uh, mast because he was pretty loaded on fucking downs, <laughs> and you just hear just a steady guffaw out shit. of him, and going into materials where he loves it most of all. He all but got just on a fucking pogo stick. He started going up and down. <laughs> Unbelievable!
2: Flipping chairs.
1: Yeah, just fucking flipping chairs. You were bitching about that room, though, when you were in there. Yeah. yeah. What is it? You were telling us, Chris, I hate that, to bring you into it, but I, I, I'll pick it up for you, because I know that you... Well, we all got a little bit of Alzheimer's. But Chris was saying that the room stinks, and it's either Howard or Fez.
3: I know Howard.
1: I mean, I unfortunately see him bathing all the Fez, time. Fez, are you wearing any back grease, or you got anything rubbed on?
6: No, I don't know. I don't have any, you know. Which uh, one wh- of you guys wh- is stinking the- up the room? I believe it's Fez Watley. Oh. What's wrong? Um, Meds got changed up. So side effects, a little bit of gas.
1: That old man radio, it don't stop talking. All right, well, why don't you fucking, you know, go down to the bathroom and fucking fart your ass off? Why, why are you killing Howard in there?
6: Um, I th- I didn't. I thought Howard had left the room, and I thought I had it to myself for a second. I didn't. <laughs> I, I, uh, my neck
1: <laughs> there's no windows. There's no where for it to go. He's gonna keep, <laughs> he's gonna come back to the room.
2: Just hot box him all dip for three hours. It you, you don't smell it, dude. It's fucking
1: horrifying. He's not going to smell his own stink. No, that
2: stink is so bad. There, it's the stink you won't you smell. Like you, I don't think that people are fucking you...
1: grossed out by their own fucking stinks.
2: I've been grossed out by my own stink before. You
1: you actually make yourself leave?
2: Yeah, you're like oh I can't help. <laughs> okay. I got get get me you're taking your ass with you. I gotta oh. get into the open air. But the this time's... room
1: is exactly set up as a gas chamber. <laughs> you know you drop the pellets you can see them through the double fucking pane. <laughs> I remember a fight one time that came from Gina Lulabrigida I was on the air the night that Castro shit himself damn Larry I didn't realize that he was only in Miami Beach for a short period of time cause he's a famous Miami Beach guy famous like pe- people still will talk about. See when the hotels and the Miami Beach thing was big, yeah. Like in that TV show that we still love, Magic, Magic City. City. Well, <laughs> thank you, Shelby. <laughs> Ugh. Um, in those hotels, Larry would would go out and just interview people there. He started New York, right? Or no. no? No, he, from, I, he didn't. He just hear he was Brooklyn, left Brooklyn fifty seven same year Jackie Robinson came in, went to Miami. Uh, but him and Rickles, Rickles used to do the show with him all night too. Larry King, that Fargo was some fucking show last night. Holy shit! I think Odin Kirk, I think he's in on it. Uh, well first of all I want to say spoiler free because we don't have any ideas but I would disagree I just think he's inept but he's fucking amazing there's so many people amazing in this show the girl and I'm sorry I don't know her name we should learn it because she's fantastic I love Platt Oliver Platt is always great we were talking about him not too long ago about always being great um Billy Bob Thornton is phenomenal. (laughs) Uh, The Little Hobbit, what's his name?
2: Oh, that's Martin Friedman.
1: Unbelievable. You just seriously... All right, her name is Allison Tolman, and she's fantastic in this. It's only the third thing she's done, too. Uh, Her dad, David Carradine, I believe, I'm going to put this out there, is going to play a much bigger role. We're going to find out something in his past is fucking hardcore. Because he used to be a cop, and now he's a gentle uh, fucking cafe owner. Here's my belief. When the shit hits, or as we like to say, when the fit shits the pan, uh, I think that you're going to find out he's a badass. And maybe not even... A good guy, you know what I mean?
2: Did like fucking did some crazy shit. Yeah, did
1: some crazy shit.
2: (sighs) He's lucky to get out of it.
1: There's so who are the other? What's the other? uh, The two bad guys that go Mr.
2: Wrench and
1: Mr. Numbers. But what's his real name? The the guy who's um, done a lot of movies. Oh, Adam Goldberg. Adam Goldberg. Goldberg. Goldberg.
2: When his streak ended.
1: Um. He is fucking great in this. But that mo- those two motherfuckers are dead. They are dead. I don't know who's going to kill them. <laughs> but they deserve to die. If I see them digging another hole <laughs> in the ice. They're,
2: they're, they're fuck-ups and they're great. I, I, if they die, I'll be so sad.
1: I would give an Emmy to Allison Tolman right now. Now that other show that you love, The Yellow King Show. True Detective. I think this is way better. I think this is way better. 'Cause it's really got plot things. And I don't want to give it away last night, but when that ice scraper showed up, I literally yelled out, <laughs> That's the ice scraper from! <laughs> and then as I'm watching, I go, The cat you know, I was fucking loving it. I freaked the fuck out. Yeah. I missed the ten o'clock meeting, so I could be just sitting there, just enjoying myself. Just fucking sitting on the couch. I actually like got popcorn together like it was a whole fucking fun night.
2: Mm, I do not have shit. Uh, I just got word that uh, Seth Rogen has a few minutes and wants to stop by.
1: Oh, if he has a few minutes? That's nice if he has a few minutes. Um, that's great. Uh, he's got the big uh, movie coming out this weekend that... This never happens with a comedy. Rotten Tomatoes is going to be fucking crazy for it.
3: Cl- Hovering's known near 90% last time I checked.
1: Hovering known towards 90%. <laughs> if I'm going to quote this fucking <laughs> kid. <laughs> if I'm going to quote this layered fucking kid. I can't believe that both he and Fez, as it gets to spring, are wearing t-shirt, shirt, sweater. It's nice out, dude. I think he's copying me. By the way, somebody said to me, why is Fez wearing a rag around his nice shirt? Because <laughs> there is no form to that sweater whatsoever. <laughs> He'd be better off with a fucking shawl, except for every time he fucking farts, it would be blowing up in the back, and people would know where it was coming from. Um, oh, okay. So we got Seth stepping in? Yeah. Seth Rogen, who's done Unmasked with us before, and I remember saying to him when he did mess. None of this stuff seems to affect you. It's even more. I mean, it's just hit after hit, and he stays like a regular guy mode.
2: He's unstoppable. That's um, Seth Rogen.
1: Neighbors, this Friday, May 9th. Theaters everywhere. Seth Rogen. New
10: Cologne. On. Feeling so good,
11: change the colors to my phone. Orange Kool-Aid, go good with Patron. Oh, no, hell no. We still Marine Tone, free car wash. Had to clean up the dodge. Get back when I can, just playing my part. Church folks had a fish fry. Mustard, hot sauce, light bread, french fry. Love for the big guy, hit the park. Boys showing off their hot snap roots on the radio. And you know what, about Last night hit the big three. Bought some Marine Force Ones, four Tartees. Man, I love the BG. Ride
1: today. Seth Rogen is in studio with us. Neighbors comes out this Friday, May 9th, in theaters everywhere. You can go to neighbors-movie.com. Good to see you, Seth. How's you, it going, man? I'm great. How are you doing, man? <laughs> you know... um it seems like it just keeps on buzzing on for you. Um, I hope so.
5: It seems like it's continuing
1: right now, which I, is nice. I remember when we did The Unmasked, it was about five years ago in yeah. front of that uh, audience down at Comics, and you were still young, and it was still fresh. Yes. And you know, you get that wonder, like, is it just taking off? Is it going, you know? But, dude, it's been know. so steady, man. <laughs> um, It's... I've gotten
5: like more comfortable with my career. I guess. Is like, that right? Yeah. At first you worry a lot and I still worry sometimes, but I think thank God. Honestly, like I feel like we've gotten better at recognizing what types of movies people like and what they don't, which is very elusive at first. You never mm-hmm. really know. Um, and I think we've gotten better at. The types of movies we enjoy making, um, and, and, and that's very helpful also. And the good news is, like, it's the same thing, like, generally the more Fun we're having making it and the more we like the idea the more the audience ends up liking it too which is which is fucking great because yeah, <laughs> it would suck if if the movies we liked making the least were the most successful ones well,
1: I, I think like after last year with this is the end i think you pushed it out there and, and went to say can everybody follow us you know is everybody willing to take that trip yeah for sure i mean
5: i think we like, it's fun sometimes to, like, see how weird an idea you can get people <laughs> yeah. to like, you right. know? Um That's almost... And you can't make every movie like that because you will push people too far, I think, eventually. Like, Neighbors is not like that. Neighbors is, it's an easy-to-wrap-your-head-around concept. Um, But, yeah, every once in a while, it's fun to do a movie where it's like, let's see if we can actually get people to go on this ride with us. Um, Well,
1: Neighbors happens to pretty much everyone who's sane. Yes, I think so, too. (laughs) If you decide not to become a maniac in your life, and, you know, at a certain point, you're like, hey, it's Saturday night, and I'm not going out. Exactly, Is that okay? I think yeah, no. And you start to realize, like, is that weird? And
5: that I don't want to go out. You right. start to feel guilty, like, like you're letting down the old version of yourself, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. it's a very, like, it- it's true. Dimitri Martin has a funny joke. I think, I think it's him, where he's like, he says, like, cat, like, canceling plans is like the social equivalent of like heroin. Like, right. like nothing's more gratifying in the moment than not yeah. than than not going to a party that you said you were going to go to. And I think that is definitely like a sign. That that you're uh, like, old and lame.
4: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
5: Which I am. <laughs> but,
1: and I mean like, you want to be, because it kind of means that you're okay yeah. with
5: yourself for the it's first time. It's true, yeah, it kind of does. And I think that's like, you have to accept that, but it's hard to, it's hard to, I remember, it was, you know, like, it's hard, and I still grapple with it sometimes. I think yeah. you have, like, fear of missing out, as the kids say, like, you don't want to not go to a party and then hear something right. and like, oh, that was the party, where like, Franco shit in someone's face and everyone watched, like, <laughs> that, like that, I would hate to miss that, but it doesn't seem like like that's gonna happen uh, right. that often you know yeah that's
1: all done there used to be a thing like if you were younger and you missed the party yeah. because your parents made you go on vacation or yeah stuff, exactly you felt like you wanted to die it's You've- true
5: and i think it takes like a long time to get over that right. feeling, basically yeah.
1: <laughs> there becomes a time that you go i don't need to own the room anymore yeah. i don't need to be that guy
5: yeah um i'd but- rather watch game of thrones
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> Well, the, the Beatles always had this great line, I never forgot, is all oh, that magic feeling, nowhere to go. Nowhere yeah. to go. And that's the beauty of it, man. When you just said this, wherever it is, this is it. This right? is where I want to
5: be. Yeah. yeah. It's true. That's it's a powerful moment. That, yeah.
1: um, you know, there's so much happened with you—the know, Alzheimer's stuff. Yeah, uh, I grew up in a in a family where my grandmother had it. Lived with us. Oh wow! So it was like the first twenty some years of of my life. Oh wow! You,
5: know? you were inundated.
1: Yeah, and but it's very strange that. Even now, it's still kind of weird to hear people talk about it. It's very rare.
5: It's very, uh, like, it's taboo in a lot of ways. And, like, I'm not of the generation when, like, cancer was considered very taboo, but, like, I hear about a time when, like, if a famous person got cancer, like, they, they was hidden basically until they died. And then you found out, oh, they died of cancer, basically, you know? Um, and I think, I think that's a similar thing with Alzheimer's. Like, people who have it don't talk about it. People who have it in their family. Families don't talk about it that much. Um, There's like a shame associated with it, I think. And um, I think that's really one of the reasons that like it's so underfunded in the government. You literally see like when I was there at the Senate, like you could see that even these men, the senators who themselves are in their mid 60s, like when they could be getting it very easily, even they seem to have the the thought that like, oh, it's something old people get like and, and, and if they do. Then that's what happens, and it'll just you know humorously take them into forgetting their keys and stuff like that. Yeah, but it's, like
1: it's not a fun place to be. No, you know not I mean? at
5: all. It's horrible, and I think I think people get it much younger than people think. Yeah. you can get it. Like my my mother in law was diagnosed in her early fifties, and now she's uh, like sixty, and she's it's like completely she's like completely debilitated from it. Like well, there's like she can't speak, she can't make eye contact, she can't eat, she can't do anything, and. And again, I think most people just don't, you, you never see that, honestly. Like, I think most people don't, literally don't know that that's what it does to you and that Mm -hmm. it can do it to someone that young. And I think, like, that's part of the problem, you know?
1: Well, my grandmother had this really slow slide that would get worse and worse. And I, I kind of grew up and I never really talked about thinking, is that me? Is this some yeah. gene? Cause you really don't know. You don't know, yeah. And then when people go, well, it's not a gene, but it could happen to anybody. I'm like, that doesn't make me feel any better. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, exactly. Just the yeah. fact that that's there.
5: I know. It's true. Uh, it's, it, it is. And, and it's, I mean, to me, like the reason we started doing stuff is cause they're like, it gets very little funding from the government mm-hmm. and it's the only cause of, it's the only cause of death in the top 10 cause of death. People think now with new numbers that it's literally the number three cause of death in America. There's no treatment for it. There's no cure. There's literally, if you go to your doctor, there's literally nothing they can tell you to do mm-hmm. to stop yourself from getting Alzheimer's or prevent it or slow it even. Right. And and what's crazy is that. Like compared to all the other diseases, it's like gets a fraction of the funding that any of the other ones get. Like it, it's 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 truly bizarre. But that's
1: why people hate the fucking
5: government.
4: <laughs> yeah. Well, the, uh,
1: you know, back to society. There's been so many things. If you look at it for years, we didn't talk about like molestation. Exactly. You know, yeah. Anything that really makes us uncomfortable. uncomfortable yeah. yeah.
5: And I think aging is something that people are very uncomfortable. with. Yeah. They yeah. don't
1: want to do it at all. And yeah. As a matter of fact, we. Kind of even in this society, kind of make fun of old people mm-hmm. as if that isn't the entire goal exactly yeah. <laughs> <open>.
5: it's true <laughs> um it's really true, and i think I think it's like an American thing like in yeah. other cultures. And it, I often think how much it would suck, but in other cultures, they really take better care of their old people right. than they do in America. And every time I don't want my mother living with me, I think like, ah, sometimes it might be it's nice to live in America, but in, but if we were in another culture, we probably it would be much different, you know.
1: Well, I think it's amazing now that now you get to do things like that, where obviously you couldn't have done this before if you were in any other no. life of work, but to walk in and have those people here. Yeah, this stuff.
5: no, the fact that I can do it and it can go on the Internet and millions and millions of people right. will watch it is uh is amazing. I mean, yeah, I would never have expected that.
1: Uh, Neighbors uh, comes out this Friday, May 9th, in theaters everywhere. And the amount of projects that you have upcoming, if you look at your IMDb, it's just insane. Yeah. Are they all going to get made, or do you kind of start a bunch of things? You kind of start a bunch of things and
5: hope that they fall into place. You kind of got to throw a bunch of shit against the wall and see what actually because movies fall apart all the time at the last second. But yeah, so you never know. We, we, We always are trying to make a lot more things than will actually get made, I think.
1: Well, I think it's, uh, it's also incredible, like, if you go to Rotten Tomatoes, the critics are going crazy for this one.
5: Yeah, which is, yeah, for a movie where, like, a baby <laughs> eats a condom, is pretty fucking spectacular.
1: <laughs> Alright, bro, it's good to see you again, man. You too, man, really great to see and you. And I'll see you next time coming through. Thanks, man, Peace. yeah.
4: I don't know if am going
1: Connecting up today with but against the person before with the Alzheimer's talk, one guy says, First of all, let's go through it. Fez did a JFK joke, we said too soon. Then uh, Larry King tells us that it's too soon to do a JFK joke, cancer not funny, Alzheimer's is. Then we get Seth coming in, Alzheimer's isn't funny. What did what can we get John Crier to say that keeps this link going? <laughs> I hate frats. <laughs> Never go to them. I think everyone hates
2: frats. I don't know. Like I, I don't. I don't think I even know any frat boys. But every, every, so everyone I know, fucking, I despise them.
3: Frat boy radio,
1: talking frat stuff, beer pong. Awesome or really awesome? you
2: treat your pledges this semester.
1: By the way, I would say this. I don't think any fucking man should play any drinking games at all. A man should drink. Don't Not do. play a fucking game about it. Don't that to Jimmy Fallon. Would you play a fucking eating game? Whoever fucking loses this has to eat the chicken fingers. I, uh, I want to eat them. I'm fucking hungry. Oh damn it! Is that your honey mustard? Breaded. Seriously, I think you look like a pussy if you're like, shit, I gotta drink the beer. Just drink. I liked losing a beer pong in college. Just fucking lose, just drink. You don't have to lose to drink. Just sit there and drink. Like a fucking man, not yelling shit out. Drink like Lee Marvin. Drink like you're trying to forget a murder that you fucking did.
3: It's crazy. He drank it he left the
1: ball in the cup. It's nuts. So you're going to like act out the premises. Yeah. It's cool, isn't it? It's like we have like a little acting Thing going on. I'm calling it dope. John Cryer coming up in a couple moments. You ever watch the uh, Two and a Half Men?
2: I watched it. See, at eleven o'clock when they when they replay them, that's when I that's when I watched. I watched a bunch of Two and a Half Men.
1: See, I I tend to watch things more at seven o'clock. It's a post uh, meal type of. There's nothing on. I'm certainly not going to watch entertainment tonight or something like that. But then I will end up seeing how I Met Your Mother, <laughs> The Office, Big Bang. I never catch them at 9 o'clock at night. I catch them at 7 o'clock at night, years later.
2: I watched um, a ridiculous amount of uh, Two and a Half Men with my mom because she, she would watch the 11 o'clock before she goes to sleep. So that's what she liked to do. Like, she liked to get her reruns in.
1: I get my reruns up too. I'm getting pretty caught up on the um, Always Sunny in Philadelphia.
2: I have seen almost every episode of Will and Grace. Because <laughs> I've never
1: a, seen a Will I and Grace it. show. I'd love to.
2: They're best friends. Was
1: it a funny show?
2: Uh, the the um,
1: love Will hate Grace.
2: No, the best part of it was Nick Offerman's wife. She was like a drunk. Pill She's head. fucking
1: uh, Malaga, Megan Malali. Malaly, yeah, Malali. Malali. She's
2: Malaly. the funniest.
1: What is
6: it? Megan Malali. Thank you, Fez. She was the best part of the show.
1: No, do your bet where you go like I'm Megan Lolly I'm coming into the room right now hey yeah, I got
3: a really high voice hey. yeah.
1: but she doesn't really have a high voice she just used it in that show right yeah so the so. two and a half men you never seen that yeah they've got rid of one and a half of the men
2: <laughs> cries last man standing you
1: got a new man and I don't know what they're gonna do for the half men
2: isn't he in the army? Or that's
1: what they, then they should? know No, off. they're just just oh. forgetting about him completely because <laughs> he went a little fucking wacky. He went a little religious wacky. He talked that shit. Yep. Oh. Well, everybody, you know, it's terrible, I guess, if you find out that your your job doesn't fit your religion. Um. Wait, God wouldn't like this show, I guess. I you're quit. acting hey. it out now, like, oh, I'm that kid from that show. I'm in this weird cult. Hey, look at me, everybody. Living that morning. Come on, Shelby, don't get mad at me. Just act it out like you do. That's your thing. The half man now is scraggly beard. And see, he won't do it if called upon. Yeah. Like yesterday, did you notice, he brought something up, and then Ari uh, was trying to talk to him, and he would always give these really small answers. It's very odd. Yeah.
2: It was some of the oddest interactions. Oh, yeah,
1: we should go back and listen to it, I, just to see the bizarreness of it. John Cryer is here now, and it is uh, finale time for Two and a Half Men. Uh, everyone knows who John Cryer is. He's a Ducky. God damn it, he's bigger than life. He owns the eighties. Uh, let's bring him in, John Cryer.
3: Men, men, men,
1: What a strange theme song, isn't
12: it? It's a bizarre theme song. Uh, it's memorable. Yeah. Uh, and it was it was actually written by uh, the two guys who uh, 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 executive produced the show. Is that right? Yeah. Chuck Laurie and Lee Aronson. Mm, save a little money that way. Yes, exactly. Save or or make, a little money. Yeah, make make a, a bunch of money. Because they need money, those yes, two guys. Yes, exactly.
4: <laughs> <laughs> All
12: right, you know what? I'm not sure. I know Lee wrote it, but I'm not 100% sure Chuck wrote it, now that I think about it. Uh but neither here nor there. It isn't. Yes. Or is it here and there? And no. It's, no, not. it's, Can't n- be in it's two places one. at
1: once. Um and I was just thinking first thing I remember you doing was no small affair. I think it was the name of it in the eighties. Yes, is that, that your first film?
12: That was the first film of mine that came out. I actually did a secret film before uh-huh. that uh, with Robert Altman of all people. Wow! He directed a movie uh, called O.C. and Stigs, which was his stab at doing a uh, teen comedy. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And uh, th- that was my first job. And so I arrived there, and he uh, uh, he just has you make it up you basically there's, there is there is an outline the script is yeah. basically an outline and he just has you make up enormous amounts of it and I was like is this how they do this <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine all these movies are done like this and uh, it was so much fun it was a wonderful party atmosphere Bob used to have um, he would show his old films uh, at, at uh, like every Saturday night and uh-huh. everybody would come and hang out and watch his, you know you're watching MASH with Bob Altman sitting behind you wow. and every now and then he'd throw in a comment you know I was like, that shot was a pain in the ass, or whatever, Um <laughs> uh, some sort of inside joke, real life director's
1: <laughs> <just> cut. <laughs> yes, exactly,
12: exactly. Yes, the, the commentary track. You're getting the commentary track, uh, and uh, that was it. Was it, it was such a lovely atmosphere. It sure would have been nice if the movie we were making was any good at all. Did anyone did it
1: never played anywhere?
12: <laughs> Not that I know of. It for, it wasn't even available on video for like 8 years. Uh and the studio actually took it from Bob and recut it. So I don't even know to what extent the the what is available reflects what Bob wanted to do. He had a he had a screening uh uh of his sort of last cut that I saw. Um that was, uh, incredibly meandering and odd, uh, you know, I mean this is the guy who directed three women and you know, I mean mm-hmm. he's not he's not about get to the point, you know, right. keep it snappy. <laughs> That's not Bob Hultman. But that is always and, the
1: thing, like you may get genius and you may get oh that one Exactly. Just, that you wasn't know, that one a, we'll put over one. there next to Health. Yes, you know? exactly. This is Popeye. <laughs> this is the
12: the Popeye of the You teen know what? Th-
1: I've, I'll I'll rewatch Popeye from time to time and there's stuff in there that works, including the soundtrack is amazing.
12: Mhm. Mm-hmm. A- but it was kind of mixed, very muddily. I remember yeah. watching the movie and going, "What are they saying?" <laughs> Half of the time, I yeah. couldn't understand what was being said. Uh, uh, but uh, you know, but Robin Williams was beautifully yeah. cast as Popeye. Um, but what and,
1: an introduction to you to you know yes. movie business is Robert Altman.
12: I know, and uh, and so I thought this is just fun. Yeah, is <laughs> <laughs> very loose. Uh, and uh, I the next the next movie uh, that I got was No Small Affair. Uh, with Demi Moore uh, and uh, you know we we were both at that point uh, No Small Affair had originally been started uh, with Matthew Broderick and uh, Sally Field actually with, and Martin Brest was directing uh, and that had been the year before but Martin Brest had uh, a heart issue and they had to shut down the production and so when they restarted the movie they couldn't get the same cast again so they uh they got me and and Demi yeah. Uh, and uh, the interesting thing, though, is that the whole point of the movie was that it was supposed to be kind of a May December thing. And to me, and I aren't this? that far apart. Yeah. She was like, she was 24, and I was 20, you know? Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, uh, it's, it's not that dirty. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> stop
1: people in the street looking at you. Yeah. I always remember uh, Jeffrey Tambor as the the guy dating. Yes. Y- your mom was, he was amazing in that.
12: Yes. Again. It was lovely. Yeah. Yeah, and he's, and he's great. And he, uh, He's just so odd. Yeah, uh, I mean that's <laughs> yeah. that's how he is in real life. Yeah, folks, <laughs> he's just an odd guy, um, but funny and and wonderful. And and I really sort of that was where I learned how to actually make a movie because you know they taught me the rules on mm-hmm. that on that one. Uh, I remember the very first day I, I went in and you get this little tiny slot dressing room, and at the end of the day I. Uh, uh, I took off my costume. I threw it in a pile because I figured they're just going to take it in and get it cleaned, you know, and I, and I was, I'm stepping out of the trailer. The costume lady goes, ah, 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 turn around. <laughs> and I was like, what? And I, she brings me back and she says, hang up your clothes <laughs> because somebody has to come and get that. And some days we're going to be able to clean them, but a lot of days we're not going to be able to clean them. And you got to wear this tomorrow and that's going to look like crap. <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh, thank you for teaching me the rules costume lady. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate it. Uh, And, you know, honestly, there's not enough people that do that for you, um, because people just assume once you're on, uh, uh, once you've worked on a movie, Mm -hmm. you know all the rules, and you
1: don't. That's the thing that you could actually teach kids, though, that a lot of places that you go that you assume... Like, when I got to New York City, mm-hmm. and I ended up in some boardroom, and people were talking, I, I thought to myself, holy shit, this is the deep end of the pool, but you find out they're just as nutty yes. and dumb. <laughs> they're thinking nutty. the same yes. thing, yeah. They're, they're like, Who can we steal ideas from? And you're like, oh my, it's not that intimidating. Mm-hmm. Yet, a lot of people are afraid, I think, to go to either coast, because they think that's where the best and brightest are, but not We're always. not that bright. Yeah, just pushier, maybe, you uh-huh. know? Yeah. You know a yeah. little more sticktiveness. Mhm. Um so the 80s feel of course you got the pretty and pink and that's gigantic and that you know was one of those roles that will never go. One of those films still means a lot to a lot of people. So the whole thing must have just felt like being shot out of a cannon for you as a kid.
12: Uh, yes. It always feels like an upward trajectory right. at first, <laughs> right? <laughs> because you're starting from nothing, you know. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and I kind of missed that. Yeah, I kind of missed the time when I had to take every gig. I right. didn't. I couldn't. I couldn't afford to make a choice about it. You know. It's it's like no, you just got to take it. You Right. Yeah, it's just the next gig. Um, now when you have choices that's kind of a burden. You're sort of like, "Oh, you know, if 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 this is bad, it's kind of my fault." <laughs> you know, cuz right. I didn't see the inherent badness in it. Uh and uh and what happened to me was, you know, I I I I did the Robert Altman film which you know, didn't get released, but then I did a, I, I starred in a movie with with Demi which was a modest success. Um and then uh did a then did Pretty and Pink, which was huge. Mm-hmm. And uh and so you just assume that it's just gonna keep being right. upward from there. And then I so then I jumped into like four different movies uh, at once. So literally like the same week. I agreed to do like three different films. I did uh Morgan Stewart's Coming Home, uh, uh Dudes, and Superman Four, um all of which Tanked spectacularly. <laughs> uh, I mean, just in flames, just, just, yeah. not, you know, just unreleasable. Uh, all, yeah, all three of them. Well, no, dude's got a small release, um, in, in gay porn houses. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, then <laughs> that was just a misunderstanding. Uh, but, uh, uh, the, you, you know, you, you suddenly go, oh, oh, this can go the other way too. Right. <laughs> you know, this isn't all, uh, onward and upward. Uh, so, that was a, that was a big, uh, turning point for me. And actually, I, I kind of tried to be a little more selective about the things I did after that. Um, I did a TV show called The Famous Teddy Z, which, sure. uh, uh, which thankfully got a lot of, a lot of people noticed, but it didn't, it didn't end up being a hit. Uh, and then I did Hot Shots, which was, uh, which was, you know, more fun than I had any right to have at that time. So, but, and
1: picking is still the most difficult yes. thing because you don't know. Everyone goes into it with the best intentions, I'm yes. sure,
12: you and know? you never know. Uh, and so many things uh, happen that you don't expect, and so many things yeah. sound great, and then like uh, Superman Four was a, was a great uh, uh, example of that. Superman Four was. Uh, full of promise. Uh, the the first three Superman movies. The first two were terrific. The third one with Richard Pryor wasn't so great. Right. You know, um, but they were trying to resurrect. They were trying to reboot the franchise, and uh, they had a very clever script written by the guys who had done The Jewel of the Nile, the the, uh, uh, the Kathleen Turner, Michael Douglas movie, and uh, and they they got the whole cast together from the first one. They they got Margot Kidder back. They got they got everybody back. Jackie Cooper. You know, (laughs) um, uh, Gene Hackman and, uh, they were. Uh, the script was was uh, an interesting story. Basically, a kid asks Superman to get rid of all the nuclear weapons in the world. I mean, you're Superman. Yeah. Why can't you get rid of all the nuclear weapons? And it was an interesting moral quandary for Superman, <laughs> you know. Uh, uh, and so I thought, oh, this is going to be great, you know. Uh, uh, and I was playing uh, uh, Lex Luthor's evil nephew, Lenny. So I got to be Gene Hackman's henchman. Come on, yeah. <laughs> you, if you, I, I defy anybody in this room. You're, getting, you're going to get to be Gene Hackman's henchman. Uh, you're not going to turn that opportunity down. And uh, so I took it, and the very first day was spectacular. The very first day was me and Gene Hackman in a – Gene Hackman and I, rather – in a sort of 30s uh, open-air convertible. Uh, and the idea was we were trying to escape the scene of the crime. Uh, you know, this is a, it, 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 the the scene was from the end of the movie, but we we're shooting it first. Uh, and the idea is that Superman, that all of a sudden our car takes off, and it turns out Superman—they reveal Superman is underneath it, and he's actually flying us to jail. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that that you know it's supposed to be a fun reveal. Well, nowadays the way they would do that is they would you know put us in a car in front of a green screen, and we'd never even I'd never see Superman, or I'd never you know, and right. and, and, and you know it. it uh, you know, they, they would do it a different way. But at that time, they literally had a crane, a construction crane, that picked up the car the, it, with me and Gene Hackman, with Gene Hackman and I <laughs> in it, and then wired Christopher Reeve underneath it in full Superman regalia, uh, and then they flew it away on the crane. Uh, uh, and this was my first day at work. Uh, and it was the greatest thing ever. I still have pictures of it at home because it was, it was, it was so, uh, wonderful. And, uh, so, so it began with such promise. (laughs) And then slowly I started to notice that things, like they were dropping scenes that they, they couldn't shoot. And it turns out the company that had put it together was a company called Canon Films. And they were, Superman was their bid for respectability mm-hmm. but really they were they were known for financing crappy awful movies just you know uh 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 you know the the worst of the worst and uh they they couldn't help but revert back to their, their roots. <laughs> and they, they, they ran out of money, basically. They ran out of money while we were shooting. And, uh, and they didn't shoot huge, huge whole, whole sequences were cut. And they were supposed to do six months of uh, flying work with, uh, with Chris Reeve. And they did one. So they mm-hmm. kept using the same flying shot over and over. And it's just <laughs> embarrassing. Um, and, uh, so I, you know, so that was, uh, so so you know when the movie finally came out they literally had a a publicity event at the Smithsonian his uh 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 uh, his Superman uh, costume was being inducted into the Smithsonian. There's Chris Reeve, and I'm like, I'm a part of this. This is great. And I take uh, Chris aside. I'm like, oh, This is so exciting. I can't wait to see the movie. He said, "It's a mess. <laughs> it's a fucking mess, John. I'm so sorry about this, but it's it's terrible. And I and you know here he was going through the motions at the Smithsonian, sure. and, and you know fighting the good fight. That's but, what you got to uh, do.
1: You got to go out, promote it, smile, yeah. knowing yes when these people see this, it's
12: crazy. <laughs> (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And that's it's painful because you try to have some rapport with the public and Mm -hmm. have them confident that if they see you in something, it's going to be fairly good, you know, but uh, but that one just uh, was unsalvageable.
1: Uh, and you never know when that's going to happen you never know when you're no. going to do a small film that suddenly everyone falls in love with or in the case of your TV show now you're the survivor you're hanging in there yeah. no matter what weirdness has went down and how many years has the show been on
12: this is the el- we've just finished the 11th season just finished and it's the 11th season picked up season, for a
1: 12th picked up for a 12th and some kind of rebooting is going to go on next year as well. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think, I think they
12: feel like they're in the groove now. Yeah. Uh, you know, we got a time slot we're happy with now. We had started at nine thirty on Thursday, which was weird for us, but they moved us up to nine, and we're all we're happy with that. And the show's doing well, and so yeah, I think I think we're we're sticking staying the course. And that's still fun for you. It, it is still fun, despite still all fun. the stuff
1: you're doing a TV show that people love. Yeah, and Ashton's a riot.
12: I I love having uh, a rapport with the audiences, you know, mm-hmm. that they love this character, that they've liked him so much, you know, right. for so long. Um, uh, so all of that is such a gift. And it's, you know, and, and this year, interestingly, the writers, uh, uh, the producers of the show, asked me into the writer's room, which hadn't hadn't happened before. And so to watch how the sausage is made, uh, <laughs> was right. was uh, equal parts uh, exciting and disturbing uh, <laughs> at the same time. But
1: even up all these years, it surprises you as the show's being put together.
12: Yes, it, it, uh, well, in the writers' room, I had yeah. never been uh, privy to a a you know old school sitcom writers mm-hmm. writers' room. You know, it, it uh, uh, in many ways, it's j- exactly how you expect it. There's a lot of banter, a lot of you know, right. everybody's cutting each other down and. Um, uh, uh, but in a lot of ways, it's uh, it's different in that uh, these guys and gals sweat the details like you would not believe. I mean, right. they're they they do a thing where which surprised me, which where if they do a scene, they first of all, they make sure everybody in the scene gets something gets right. uh they, it's like we gotta you know you know amber Tamblyn doesn't have a joke in this we gotta give her a joke you know and it's like but the scene's done you don't really need a joke from her it's like no we gotta give her a joke because you can't just have people standing there laying pipe you uh-huh. know <laughs> and uh they're right you know and they, so they sweat everything and if they come to a if they come to something that they feel should be a joke they will sweat it for like four hours just sit there pounding grinding away at it trying to get exactly the right joke yeah. when my impulse would be we'll find it let's yeah. get the let's get the scene where it needs to be and then and then we'll come back to this and find a funny joke you know but that's not how they work they sweat everything uh and it shows you know the, the show's been really tight this year uh with the, the writing and uh uh, and it's fun to see how that happens. Now,
1: how many, uh, if you were to take a half hour of that show, which is what, 22 minutes, I guess. Yeah. How many punchlines would you expect to find in that 22 minutes? Cause it's pretty much like music yeah. where they expect a certain rhythm.
12: Yes. The shows come out to be about 48 pages long uh-huh. and we usually have like three jokes per page. Um, so <laughs> so you're 100, That's a hundred yeah a hundred plus jokes, jokes perks, and then you have yeah. to
1: i mean first of all from a character standpoint, it's got to make sense that these people are doing this, yes. but at the same time bam, 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 exactly. bam,
12: bam, bam. Exactly, and it's hard. Yeah. And, it's, and it's really hard sometimes for them to maintain the character's integrity because you're like, wait a minute, remember in season six yeah. I said this thing and now I can't be afraid of bees. I love bees <laughs> yeah, because back <right>. in <laughs> season six... Yeah, uh,
1: <laughs> and, that's the problem with and, doing a show for a long time. Exactly,
12: and, yeah. uh, uh, and actually uh, Jim Patterson who's, who's one of the, the head producers on the show now, uh, uh, actually has remarkable institutional memory of, of episodes and uh, he is one of the longest uh, serving no, he's, I think, the longest-serving writer on the show. Yeah, at this point, now that I think of it. Um, because he came in third season. Mm-hmm. But literally, there's there's me and, like, two other people on the crew are the only OGs left. Wow. They're the only people from from the pilot. All
1: right, with um, all those jokes and all the plot points, you sit down for the first table read. How much does that change by the time you guys shoot?
12: Um, Very... Uh, F- f- from the beginning yeah. from day 1 of this show our sh- our show has changed remarkably little really? they 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 will rewrite uh scenes and particular jokes in the sh- in the scene mm-hmm. but almost never do we have uh like they'll just take out a scene and and uh, g- completely rewrite another scene to take care of that information or something like that. Right. Almost, the structure of the show almost always remains exactly the same. Uh, very rarely do we, we do we actually just like throw out whole scenes and restructure things. Does
1: that come from Laurie early on or where is that? That you know, yeah,
12: that's just uh, yeah, that's Chuck has a, has Chuck Lorre has a very specific. Uh, uh, sensibility and template he lets shows be what they are mm-hmm. and he certainly is all about playing to the strengths of the show like early on we realized our show is a sex farce that's what it is right you know and and so that's where the show went you know uh um the, you know big bang is very different mm-hmm. you know he does the big bang theory and he does mike and molly and that show is different now and in fact actually that show actually had a bit of a reboot this year and like Mom, his new show is very different, you know. Mm-hmm. So. But he um, wants them
1: to stay on that track. Once they find that track. track yeah. Let the people know exactly yeah. what they're going to get.
12: Yes. You know. Yes. And he, you know, he, he, uh, he's very demanding. He's mm-hmm. very, uh, uh, you know, he has a, a fearsome reputation. And that's really only because when, when, because he's brutal with writers. And he's brutally honest. Uh, uh, you know, he will, he, he, and and he gets irritated when when he can't get the thing to work the way that he wants right. it to work he gets very irritated and uh uh I mean I discovered that because as an actor you're insulated from that because he's always uh lovely to the actors that was one of the reasons I was really surprised when Charlie started becoming so unhappy with Char- with uh, yeah. with Chuck because they always chuck was always lovely to him
4: <laughs> you yeah. know
12: it was the most one-way feud i ever saw <laughs> you know there was that <laughs> no, um and uh and uh so he so he you know I, but i actually got to direct an episode of mom this year uh and at one point i could tell the 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 it was an episode that he was that they were having a little trouble getting going on all cylinders, you know, getting getting to be firing on all cylinders. So, uh, there was one scene where I brought up what I thought was a very innocuous note, and he looked at me like, That's the dumbest note I've ever heard. <laughs> and he really just was like, What do you mean? You know, and I, and it was the first time I'd sort of dealt with the brutally honest, uh, Chuck, uh, and I was like, Ah, oh, oh, this is what they're talking about. <laughs> ah, okay, now I understand. Um, but the, the, the ironic thing was. Later on, I went into the writers' room and uh, uh, and and uh, and Chuck dealt with the note as though it was. Uh, that it was uh, perfectly viable that it that that yeah. you know at the time he thought it was a, a dumb note but he uh, but clearly he 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 listened to it and said okay there's some way to fix it
1: but everybody's mm-hmm. got to battle in that writing thing that is like only the strong survive yes. fight for it if you believe in it yeah. push for it not a place for timid people not no, a place no
12: and yeah. but but an interesting thing and and uh, if you recall a few years ago there was a, a lawsuit about the friends writers room Yeah, uh, we actually inherited their table we actually mm-hmm. had The friends' wooden table that we all sit around, the conference table, uh, and they, uh, and it was, it's interesting because in the writer's room there's a different set of rules. Everybody opens up about their, their personal lives in a way that you would never do in a workplace and would not be appropriate in any way. Um, and it, it's sort of a, you know what happens in vegas stays in vegas yeah. then. you you sort of you you you're open about stuff in the room and then when you're not in the in the writer's room, that stuff kind of goes away, and it's not oh, cool to touch on it right you know <laughs> um uh uh so so that was an interesting dynamic. So, so, there's,
1: there's a feeling that we got to open our veins, we exactly. got to you know it's it's like if you're in AA or whatever let's put everything out there, say your feelings yeah. and then maybe oh this awful thing happened to you great, maybe we, we can, can put it in the show. Exactly.
12: And they always do. <laughs> yeah. They always ask me what embarrassing thing happened to you. I was like, yeah. well, i you know, da, da, da. you know. <laughs> and uh and and, the, and it's in the show it's like yeah. 3 weeks later. <laughs> but that's
1: always the funny thing about sitcoms is the people think That it's easy and fun, but there's not that many on the air, and there's not that many that have ever really lasted. You know, when you start Mm -hmm. to put together the Dick Van Dyke, the Bill Cosby's, uh, it's a very small amount of shows. Yeah,
12: no, it's... it's, And... And some, some of those shows, uh, uh, f- actually working on weren't always fun. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like my understanding was Cheers was great. Cheers. Yeah. My understanding was Cheers was a lovely group and they, they had a great time. You know, but. Well, I'm not going to say what shows to <laughs> say, because that's... Uh, I you always know. have
1: a feeling that none of the people in MASH were Big Alan Alda all fans, because Could he well be, yeah. was mm-hmm. a very creative person, mm-hmm. had a lot of opinions, put them out there. But if you go back and watch that now, you don't give a shit about anything no. but the show. You don't. That's true. And I think the thing with you, staying such a survivor with this show, is you know how rare it is to get a hit show. I don't know why, you know, Charlie went off and did his other thing and yeah, he's working and all, but that's not going to have the same kind of level of expectation as what he had all those years.
12: Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And obviously I, I, uh, uh, he's such a gifted comedian. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and I, you know, this, you know, his new show is not my favorite. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's, that's, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, uh you know it it I, I hope that he can he can find uh, uh, some peace. You mm-hmm. know, I re- that's what I would really love for him to just find some peace and understand the the tremendous talent that he's got and do do something worthy of that. You know, mm-hmm. um, because I think uh, you know the thing about Two and a Half Men, whether you like the show or not, or think it's you know uh, 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 just you know dumb or too sexy or whatever or, or, or too filthy, um, uh, he demonstrated an, a. a Fantastic facility with with uh, uh, performing in front of an audience and mm-hmm. doing this show, you know, doing this kind of show. And I just I would love to see him do something at that level again. You know. um, But it's hard for all that to come together. It is is tough. It is.
1: Um, (laughs) how many people that did Friends and the spin-off shows you never get back there. The Seinfeld crew it took you know, certain things.
12: And sometimes with good shows. Yeah. You know, they 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 do a perfectly good show, it just doesn't resonate for some reason.
1: Doesn't hit within the three to seven weeks that you have to hit. So really just getting it to to work is a lottery. but then there's also something strange about having anything that works, whether it's a band, it doesn't matter, to keep all the elements together and that same freshness. Yeah, always tough.
12: It is very tough. Is very tough. Well, in our in our case, the freshness was foisted upon us because mm. we had various cast members oh go insane and leave. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that 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 adds a certain freshness to your show. Um, that you don't have to make an effort for. Um but you know that's it's it's been interesting to try and 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 surf that. You know, yeah. and surf that craziness and take advantage of it comedically to some extent and we've worked it into sort of the mythology of the show a little bit and uh uh, and you know it's still it's still there. You know. But did still you go going. back
1: and did you yourself go and talk to the kid just about what we're talking about and say well, you walk away from this and there's never going to be another one? Probably.
12: Um, no, we didn't have that conversation because yeah. he didn't because he doesn't care. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't he really doesn't care. He 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 what he meant no offense. <laughs> you right. know when yeah. when he said you can't be a god-fearing person and do this show, that was his that's how he feels. Yeah. You know, he's a, he's become a, a, a you know a a deeply religious Christian. Uh you know there's plenty of Christians who watch the show who don't mm-hmm. feel the same way as he does. Uh and uh and it's his you know it's his choice to do it or not. We would love to have him back. Um uh, uh even with the crazy beard. Uh, I, I saw that and I was like, okay, we're, we're, we're in a new, we're in new territory here. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, I, I did not, he knew completely what he was uh leaving behind he never he never when we were working together he never seemed like once he got past college that he wanted to pursue it uh pursue acting forever right i think he had other things he wanted to do um when he first got into college he, he was uh, uh uh studying um uh, uh ecological engineering you mm-hmm. know as uh, you know he's he's he has other stuff that he wants to do in his life, and now he's like running a farm. <laughs> so you know, uh, uh, you know, if if it makes him happy, uh, that's that's wonderful.
1: But like you said, now that that gives you new challenges that you wouldn't have had. Yes. Maybe things would have got stale anyway. Yeah. Um, thanks for coming by today. Oh, man. my pleasure.
12: My pleasure. Uh, the
1: season finale, Two and a Half Men, airs this Thursday, May eighth, nine o'clock. In the East. Thanks so much, John. Thank you. I'll see you you. next time coming through. The pleasure was mine. Shelby, here's what I want your job to be. I want you... This would really be a good piece for the iBank, too. Like, look at TV shows. Yeah. Particularly ones that have the live audience and laugh track. And keep an average of how many laughs they're supposedly Getting. Not judging whether the laughs are good, bad, or indifferent, but just seeing what the rhythm is when the punchline comes in. Because if you're looking at his show and he says there's over 120 punchlines written for 22 minutes, that's insanely amount of, you know, every minute is supposed to have what? Eight fucking jokes right. or four, somewhere four to six jokes? would go into third to 60 seconds that's a supposedly a, a punchline every 10 seconds it's a machine gun this is going to be your new job shelby i want you to do not just every show on tv now every show in history map it out go through every episode that they have and when that's done you're going to be like a joke cyborg do you want this like next week can i have a couple <laughs> i'd like to have it by friday all right what was the, you know, I want you to start with Lucy and go right up to Louie's show and Marin's show. Like, obviously, there's got to be so few, you know, comparable, here's a punchline joke in a Louie or even a Marin show, you know what I mean, because they, they want to get away from that rhythm, you know?
2: yeah. They, it's the, the the format's totally different.
1: Well, you want to be peculiar and odd, and and have the viewers figure things out. But you could just sit there, um, and I don't know whether you've ever watched like Three's Company with someone who really likes it. <laughs> There's a person in my family. I'm not like you. I'll just call them so and so, that sits and howls at Three's <laughs> Company after all these years. They've seen all the episodes. I'm right just there. gonna give it away. It's my little sister. <laughs> she fucking rolls at this show, and I, I'll be looking at her, going, "I don't, I don't know how you could enjoy something this much." There's <laughs> nothing in my life that could make me laugh 80 times in 22 minutes. Yeah, I caught an episode of the Brady
3: Bunch years ago, like, and just seeing the punchlines and hearing the laugh track of, wait, where's the joke? I didn't, what is happening here?
1: Well, it would, um, the Brady Bunch was never a shot in front of a live audience, too. So that's, you know, that's just pure sweetener. But even Friends, go and watch Friends some night, and just tonight, as you're watching uh, any of the, the shows that come on reruns, just go one two, three, and you will be surprised how many laughs that are supposed to be in that show. What What, really... Oh, go ahead. No, I want you (laughs) both to go at the same time. Ready? Go. Okay, Okay, so within the first ten seconds of the show, you have that bunch of laughs. Well, well, I would say this. In the first ten seconds of the show, if we're going to go with the 100 jokes in 22 minutes, you should probably have one or two laughs in there. Oh, my God. What
3: Really impressed me about a show like 30 Rock was that, like, you have cartoons like The Simpsons and Family Guy, and there's a lot of jokes because since there's cartoons, they can say stuff and not get, like, a weird reaction from the other person. Like, right. you couldn't say something like Homer. We'd look at you like, what the hell? But, like, on 30 Rock, they were able to somehow have that weird, like, cartoon pacing where there were so many punchlines and jokes and just lines getting thrown out.
1: See that's the thing, what's this new Western how to die in the West? Yeah. He's really looks like from the previews of using the family guy pop 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 pop, you know. So that'll be very weird to see that family guy thing pressed into a Western. But you know, Mel Brooks worked the same way. You know, I mean Mel Brooks, you're like that gag don't work, that gag don't don't work that gag don't work. Hey, that's the funniest bit I've ever heard in my life. That That don't work, that don't work. That don't work. Hey, that kills me. I mean, go back and watch a Mel Brooks movie, and he just slaps shit against the wall,
2: and like so many things are going on at the same exact time. So it's like there's something's going to fucking hit with with Brooks.
1: Uh, You know, it's going to be up to the people. I'm sure there's some people who go nothing works there, you know, and other people are like. My little sister, every (laughs) single joke works. This is the funniest thing I've ever experienced.
3: I was reading something like people's experiences. At live TV tapings and all the a lot of these sitcoms, not all of them, but they do multiple yeah. takes, and like the laughter you hear is mixed with the yeah. actual laughter, and they have to take like okay. But
1: some of those things are like four hours, yeah. so you're not going to be laughing hard, at, you know, Mike and Molly four hours into this Again? thing. Particularly <laughs> if you've seen where you know, for whatever technical reasons, they have to reshoot it, or they. But I will tell you this because I've been. Uh, and I thought you were going to do the bit where you try to get tickets to Saturday Night Live. Yeah, we're going to do that for the season finale next oh. Friday. Well, I've gone to the show before. Um, and even the dress rehearsals, the excitement level of being there, you're laughing harder than you're laughing at home. It's like a you know drug, what I mean? it's like laugh drug, almost. It's just, you know, it's... Really a stage show and not a TV show. It makes more sense to sit there and watch all the exciting things come in. It's like you ever watch a play on TV and you're you're like, this doesn't look real or or right. I mean, that's a sketch show. You have to use your imagination and you're more likely to be involved in pulling for the actors when you're in that place than when you're at home going... Oh God! This again? How
2: this get on the
3: air? There's showed one. I don't know, like who? I guess NBC let it out, but with the control room audio when they were setting up, like one of those sets, and like one of the walls was falling down, sort of. Right. And you could hear like have this digital short ready from like last week that they read, (laughs) just like in case this fucking thing.
1: But that's that's like that all the time. Like you're watching them come back from commercial putting together the set and then three seconds later you know, there's a union guy banging something and then three seconds later you're on live TV. So when you're watching the show, for some reason you're pulling with the union guy. Like You're like, come on, dude. Make this thing happen. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> and it's very exciting and you're not necessarily going to feel that at home. But I remember, I was out in L.A. and I saw the Friends, when Friends was the big show. The set. And you're like, this is it? This little thing? That's the living room? Yeah. I mean, the set wasn't much bigger than the room that we're sitting in right now.
2: Real? What?
1: Dude, the Today Show set isn't much bigger than this. The Today Show set is about the size of the stuff that we do in the fishbowl. Here's what always kills you there. It would be like if we were... (laughs) If radio worked like TV, I would go like this. Let's throw it to Chris Stanley. And Chris is like four feet away, but they're using a split screen. They use, a lot of times, you'll be watching like um, CNN or Fox when they have the talking head shows and their split screens. And that guy's there. And they just put him in another thing. So you're not standing and looking. Next they to caught him
3: recently. It was one. It was like a tragedy too. But they were in the same parking lot of like a shooting or something. Right. It was ridiculous. We're gonna take him live to Colorado. Wait, you're both in Colorado. <laughs> what do you? Come on, Anderson.
1: Uh we got a break here, Chris. Yes, we do. Um, coming up, uh, Chris. DiStefano. DiStefano is gonna be here. Uh, You'll see him on Guy Coded uh, on Wednesday nights. He's performing at The Stand tonight at midnight and tomorrow, 8, 10, and 12. On Twitter, go to Chris D. Comedy. Uh, We'll be right back with him. It's the Ron and Fez Show.
12: Ron and Fez on Raw Dogs Sirius XM XM Comedy Hits. Hits. Channel 99. Er, This show is available with Sirius XM On Demand. Go to
5: SiriusXM.com slash On Demand for details.
1: Chris, that music can only mean one thing. Jeffrey Gurian's in the house. What's up, guys? He jumps around. He jumps around. Jeffrey, who I mean. you got with you this week? Oh, I brought
0: in a really exciting guest this week whose career is just blowing up, man. MTV, everything. Chris Stefano is here with me. How
10: are you doing? Thanks for having me, Jeff. Of, of course, man. Appreciate it, man.
1: Chris, thanks for stepping in. No, I thought you were working to stand, but I see you came in with your stuff. Y- You're heading to the airport?
10: Yeah, I'm heading to the airport this uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I'm doing uh, the Sacramento Punchline. Uh-huh. Sacramento. So, um, definitely come out. Uh, they called me last week and said, I have eight tickets sold. <laughs>
4: so um, I was like, I Sacramento doesn't
10: give way. a crap about MTV. They,
1: maybe they don't get MTV yeah, I was like, All Sacramento.
10: Right. So uh, it'd be great if somebody could come.
1: no uh, is there a direct flight to Sacramento? N- because nope. I've heard that, that there's not a there's direct not. flight.
10: i got to fly to San Francisco uh, and then have an hour and a half layover in San Francisco and then fly to Sacramento. So I get to Sacramento at midnight tonight.
1: I've had this conversation with... Um, people Uh, and I'm trying to think I think um Don Geronimo was actually worked out there for a while, and he could never get a direct flight. And he would like, yeah, I'm going to Sacramento. i got to go to Minneapolis first, and then <laughs> I get a plane there. It seems crazy. you can't crazy. fly to L.A.
0: and then go. you
1: can't yeah, go Yeah, but, but it just depends well, no on the time. You never know what's going to be the best route for you. But you cannot get a, a flight from New York, or I believe anywhere on the East Coast to Sacramento. Yeah. I know. It's so weird. Right?
10: I was, um, you know, because I was like, hey, I've, I'm not, you know, these ticket sales are like rough for me in Sacramento <laughs> and, I, and I was actually talking, um, you know, close with um, Artie Lang. He's uh, like a uh, like men, mentor, you know, he's been, he's been with, uh, saw me in the very beginning and so anytime I, something in the business is like affecting me, I just go to him because he's got so much experience and he was like, he was like, look, Sacramento, it's like two hours away from the Bay Area and like seven hours away from Los Angeles. He was like, so nobody gives a shit about it. They're
1: he in was a like, world of their own Yeah, he
10: was like, it's just the capital. That's yeah. it. He says you got these, you know, pol- political douches.
1: <laughs> yeah, it. but th- weren't you getting your weed from Sacramento?
2: Yeah. Um, Fresno. Uh, the Fresno
10: area. Okay,
1: I- Fresno's how far? Let's look this up. Let's look it up. There's a lot of good growers out there. All right, now. so we'll go there. I know um, this on Sacramento. I, 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 <laughs> ha- I want to see your city. I know that there's <laughs> yeah. a tomato scene, too. A very strong a heavy, tomato. strong tomato scene. Yeah. So, uh,
10: they'll throw them at me Sacramento? Yeah. this weekend. Old, Go old school.
1: Now, you're you still doing Guy Code?
10: I'm doing Guy Code, um, Girl Code, this other show on MTV, 2 called Off the Bat. Um, which is, combines baseball and pop culture, so that's like a dream come true job for me. I meet all these professional baseball players. You're
1: a baseball guy
10: first, above all the other
1: sports. Baseball,
10: uh, what I what I love to watch, absolutely mm. baseball. Um, but I played basketball in high school, college, um, so that was like the sport I, I played. My I used to I was my father wanted me to play baseball, but I, just, I don't know, just never really got into it. Basketball. Everybody's was what it was. father
1: wants him to play baseball.
10: Well now, well now, my dad loves this because now he's he gets, like we go to Yankee games and you know meet the players and right. stuff. And now, aren't you
0: he, doing something with Mariano Rivera coming up?
10: Supposedly, yeah. They say there's an outside chance I may be getting a hit. Uh, go to batting, pra- hit batting practice off Mariano Rivera at Yankee Stadium next week for the show. So my dad was like, "Holy shit!" He was yeah. like, "I can't, I can't believe. <laughs> He was like, "Oh my god! I got to make sure my blood sugar's down for that."
1: <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah. What I would do is just button up. From, well, just get a button out yeah, of the but, way. Yeah. Just connect. Yeah. There it is. So yeah. Pay attention. Yeah, you know, get him thinking. I got to get off the mound a little bit, but that would be the thrill because I did Dream Week right uh, baseball before, and then at the end you got to play against the pros, but they're old pros. Right, I don't give a shit. Right. You can't hit them. No. So Kent Tekovie, who was older, and he was this kind of a signwinder pitcher. I swear to God, the ball looked like it was coming down the third baseline. There was just like. Yeah, I, everything in you just says jump. That's get it. out of the way. <laughs> yeah, 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 and it's so embarrassing. Yeah. I mean it's that level of pro baseball. I don't know how many sports have that kind of leap above it because everyone yeah. feels like they can play ball. Yeah, you play ball, and then you get to that thing, and the the difference of hitting you know three hundred and zero. Yeah, is. Pretty small,
10: even like you know I play you know I go to the batting cage lot, my friends yeah. play softball, but you know we use aluminum bats, but right. I did we did a, a thing where I took batting practice with the Arizona Diamondbacks in spring training a few months ago, and and, the, you know, the just just the shift to the wooden bats, I made contact with one ball out of, like, 15. The guy was just whizzing to pass me. But when I made contact, like, the freaking shock just goes, I almost right thought I was having arm. a heart attack. <laughs> yeah. And right I was like, oh, arm. yeah. It's painful. Were you
1: wearing gloves? No. They See? were kind of wear gloves. Like, I don't need gloves. <laughs> yeah. You know, my dad was like, you're a pussy if you wear gloves. <laughs> no, you're wearing gloves, <laughs> I shouldn't wear gloves. Yeah. You're wearing gloves. Yeah. But that's true. The impact of getting <laughs> yeah. around on a ball like that, if you don't hit it perfectly. Yeah. But then if you do, fuck, you think you thought thought
10: I I thought I hit a shot, but it just—it just like <laughs> right made it past second base. That's a home run for me. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, yeah.
3: Did you see that? It went so. F- like, you're, well, you're playing out the loop. whole thing for us now. Yeah. What do we got? What's close to Sacramento? Uh, not not Fresno, but you got a uh, Placerville and uh, Stockton. Okay. <laughs> that's that's a big time right
1: there. Maybe Man. Stockton. All real. right. I'm not all that familiar with it. I know it's the state capital. Yeah. That's it.
10: Kevin Johnson, the mayor, he's he was there because he spoke out a lot on the Donald Sterling Clippers thing. So maybe I should tweet Kevin Johnson. Sure, get a retweet from KJ.
1: You a football guy, though? Yeah, Giants, New York Giants. Now, who do you think? Wh- where do you think uh, Johnny Football is going to go? Where do I think he's going to go? I mean, I mean, you
10: know, when I listen to ESPN, you know, all the you know Mel Kiper Jr. and those guys say that you know they're they're low on him, but everybody else is saying that people are idiots if they don't take him first because of, you know, I mean, they say that this guy is going to be one of the best, but you know, where he's going to go, I don't know I mean, I think the last I heard now that this guy Khalil Mack from uh, University of uh, Buffalo um, they they're high on him or that um, the the uh, the, cause the Texans have the first pick, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know I don't know if they're going to, they
1: so, should take him so who, who should the Texans take first?
6: The Texans are going to take Clowney
1: Or clowny, Uh, right? We're going to, um, yeah. That. That's good enough. Uh, where do you think Johnny Football is going to go? He's going to go to the
2: fucking Texans. He has to. Yeah. Johnny Football? Yeah. They'll sell out happen. every home game if It'll he goes to the Texans. manhouse.
1: Yeah. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm picking Cleveland Browns is where he ends up. That's where you think he's going to go? So what blocking. pick do they have? I think they're in the their top ten pick. Right. Maybe five or something like that. But they're the team that needs more heat. But now there's also a chance, I,
10: I, I saw that... The Texans may trade the first pick. They may, they may do that. They may. They're trying to get. Trying to get it, yeah. yeah, and then, and then what? I don't know. You'll be in Sacramento for this. I'll be in Sacramento for, as as this all unfolds. I'll be
1: running across the street to. Wait. Yeah. I, 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 if you just get, I got to wake him up now because you fell asleep yeah. during this. I'm Jeffrey. thinking you guys are talking another language. You I don't know even know think about it's football. So with bizarre. do really any scarf? sports. Zero. You don't have any football scarves. I have nothing. <laughs> <laughs> football <laughs> scarves. Yeah. 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 You're not watching yeah. the basketball playoffs last I night. I don't even
0: know about them. It's so fucking weird. I'm just like I I know zero about
1: at no time in your sport. life
0: did you ever watch sports? Never. No, I never I played but I never watched. It was what, just what, sports what sport did you play? I, I didn't go whatever you know, just yeah. schoolyard sports, whatever um, you sports played. You played stock. soccer and shit like that yeah. when I was in college. I played like soccer. Like, yeah, you're in the Bronx. Yeah. You're in
1: the yeah, Bronx. You had a Spaulding.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I had a Spaldine. I played Skelly with the best of them. My but, dad,
10: yeah. you know, my dad's from the Bronx, and he just yesterday, he was, I don't know why, he was talking to me about how there used to be a guy who used to walk around his neighborhood sharpening knives. Was yeah. that like a thing yes, that people used to thing. do? They'd come to your courtyard and, and they'd, they'd yell up,
0: <laughs> <laughs> knife sharpening, like some weird, thing, but they'd say some words that you wouldn't even understand. There's
1: a truck that drives by did that says, knife sharpens, but I'm always like, there's no number on the end of it <laughs> yeah. where do they stop but i would love to stop and get my knife sharpened by them yeah it's, the, it's an old memory, man. I was a little kid, and they would come to the courtyard, right, and they just, would yell up. I'm going to say something that yeah. that you said one day, and I never called you on it, but it's been haunting me. Kay. You said you remember when pizza came to the Bronx. <laughs> yeah, I was <did.
0: laughs> a little kid. A I pizza place know,
1: opened up, but before and I was there's like, "No pizza." At I don't remember us. pizza. I was like,
0: not, I, "I was." I had a very strange life. I don't know. Yeah. I know, I know. I don't. I don't like watermelon. I don't like shit that what? other people like. That's racist. And so when, yeah, I, well, as a black man, that's <laughs> <yes>, right. <laughs> (laughs) Uh, That's strange uh, that I don't like like watermelon? I don't know. I just never. There's a lot of things that I don't like that other people like. When pizza came, I remember going to a place and people were like raving, "Oh, there's a pizza place opening in the Bronx!" Mm-hmm. And it was really weird. And you know, it was the thing you had to acquire a taste for. Can you believe that, Chris? Right. There, was no that there was a time before pizza. I didn't know there was a time before pizza. I don't right? want to live. I don't it's want It's
1: to... like pizza came from the Stone Ages, right? Yeah. It was always... now, I do remember the time before sushi, where people were going, "I would never eat sushi," and now everyone would. It's but, everything, yeah, now. of course, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. What about kale? Has kale? Is kale like kale a new seems thing? like it's two years old. Yeah. today. but like, <laughs> were you guys eating kale? Kale chips. People are talking <laughs> about the, kale. The Bronx? Did you
0: yeah, have the of kale? Of kale? Uh, what did you The, it in the have Bronx we didn't do shit. If you played tennis, if you lived in the Bronx, you played tennis. You were it's like a fucking world traveler. You know, I grew up in a time nobody did nobody anything. even traveled out of the Bronx. It was a big deal to drive to Florida. That was, yeah. our, that was our vacation. Yeah. People right. would just wash their car in the street. They would wax their car. That was the entertainment. And then if you were a big deal, you would drive across the country. To Florida. This
1: sounds like the beginning With of the either family. Jersey Boys or Bronx Tale It should be. It
0: should be. It was like My very middle class. Things were different. Very different.
8: Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> fucking it was weird. That
1: was the summer pizza came to the Bronx. <laughs> <Yeah>.
10: <laughs> ah, fuck watermelon. <laughs> nobody traveled. Trow- it was such a You wouldn't eat anyone. It. It's a very yeah. unhealthy fruit, I've read watermelon yeah it's like apparently it's not watermelon's no good and um they say now strawberries so I was like, really? oh, this yeah. is insane oh, talk BS. to me i've never
1: oh, heard it. see watermelon like to me it's anyway. it's yeah. great because you're eating but you're also getting a nice drink at the same yeah, time I think, it's like, it's, yeah a, it's like a perfect food
0: perfect food but i don't know they want
1: I to take know it all about away fruit uh, th- what do you mean you don't know for fruit i don't even, even, <laughs> I, don't even know.
0: I don't do things that other people do the I only, know scarves, things like that. The only
1: like thing that. I ever seen you eat seen, is little chocolate donuts. That's what. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> that
0: Did I anything? tell you that Lisa Lampinelli sent me a message about my scarves? I was yeah. doing some show, and she sent me a message. She goes, "Good luck, and if you don't do well, you could always hang yourself with one of your fucking <laughs> <laughs> scarves." <laughs> it's like that's She's all I know. I don't rep- know. Relentlessly funny. Isn't she? Yeah. The, yeah. You know there's a it's piece sad of- that she's breaking up with Jimmy, do you know? You know they're, they're Big Balls, Jimmy Big Balls, Jimmy B.B. Jimmy Big Balls. Yeah, they're getting divorced. Oh, I like that what guy. What could have possibly yeah. happened? I don't know. They were together 5 years. I know Jimmy only has good things to say about her. I think they're still very close. It's just, you know, one of those things. It came out last week and I saw Jimmy at Gotham, you know, he works at Gotham Comedy Club. This is horrible news to me. Yeah, to me too. And it's it's the, gonna I think it's going to affect her act because she brings him up all the time. Nothing affects her act. That's true because she used to talk about being so heavy, and then she lost 107 pounds, and now she still has a great act. And yeah. she didn't need to use that. I was concerned when she first started losing weight. Like, what is she going to talk about? Right. You know, and you know, when you're funny, you're funny. You could talk about anything.
1: That's it. I don't know for fruit. I don't. I uh, don't eat. Anything. I don't know about grapes. I still understand. I don't. Yeah. The only thing we played was. We go out <laughs> in the street. You White know, Never- world of Schwartz. That's what I know, right? I know everything about Schwartz, not yeah. sports. Have you ever been to a place where there's no Jews? Juice? Jews? Juice? Yeah, just go to a place where... Goyim? Yeah, none of these references would make any sense whatsoever. <laughs> no, that's why
0: I stay in New York and L.A., because I'd be lost any other place. <laughs> it's really it's funny. Like, it's really if I was in the Midwest, I'd stay ju- in my yeah. room.
1: I've seen oh. guys like that. And I've seen guys that would like go down to Florida and do just New York references or Georgia or something, and it's the funniest shit. <laughs> well, Florida, you can world. get away with it because it's all well, Jews. Some parts, you know, yeah, yeah, some parts of Florida. Yeah, some parts of You can't get away with it on with the, the west side of Florida yeah, to look probably, at, yeah. you know, or, or anywhere that you can't see the water.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, or, or like Midwest. But I stick in those areas where people get the Jewish references. You think there's any Jews in Sacramento? I
1: No, I, no, I think right? there was
0: one once. It's
1: so out there. They they actually think of Presbyterians as Jews. Jews. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, where did Jew come from? Well, there's places that don't even know Catholics really. They they don't see a lot of Catholics. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What places are those? Same weird, you know,
0: those demographics.
1: Yeah, those weird demographics. Um. I'm trying to think who was the guy he used to be on Barney Miller as a great stand up Abe Vigoda No not Abe <laughs> Who is still alive by the way No is way sick, It's crazy because they, they were, were doing old jokes about him 20 some years ago that he passed away right
0: Yeah everyone always said that Abe Vigoda passed away it must have been so hard for that guy
1: to always read Give me that Abe he's Vigoda's there. age Shelby it's got to be he's 100. It's got to be in his 80s. No, it's going to be 100. I, 93. I, wow. If you go back and watch The Godfather, which was like 1970. <laughs> yeah, he was Tessio. He yeah. was old then. And he, he, <laughs> was like, <laughs> he was like, he you like, he'd be too old <laughs> to be in the mob field.
0: <laughs> he's, he's, <laughs> he's never been young. He's never been young.
1: that Look at him there. And he was like 50. <laughs> not
0: that amazing? That's the oldest
1: looking 50 ever.
0: <laughs> But he's got such a scary presence that you know he he and uh, Frank Vincent. No, is it Frank Vincent? Who yeah, are, Frank Vincent. Vincent is, yeah, who is, was on The Sopranos? Yeah, a lot of those mob they're, they're guys. Presence. They just
1: get to play mob guys over a, and over. Their presence is. Is Abe from New York? Yeah, he has gotta, gotta be right. Yeah, yeah. That's I'm a New sure York, York re- face. I'm sure he remembers the time before pizza. <laughs> 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 yeah, he invented pizza. <laughs> He, what,
0: what, what, what a great character is. He shows up at a lot of the Friars things. Ed? Yeah. And they always make fun of him that he passed away.
1: <laughs> well, when the Friars yeah, are calling you old, how old Then you know? yeah, you like know?
0: you know. They always say the average age was deceased. <laughs> yeah, I know. So it's funny. crazy. I keep getting these final curtains. You know, when someone passes away in the Friars Club, you get an email uh-huh. that says so-and-so had a final curtain. Right. There's been too many of them. Right. People are passing away like flies there it's terrible Mm. flies die very quickly that's why it was so nice that Shecky came in and you know norm crosby came in when they did the tribute recently it was so great to see those guys you know and they're vital and active you know in comedy people stay active very long you know norm crosby's 86 and uh was 88 don rickles sharp yeah they're honoring don rickles right
10: yeah yeah, it was I uh, yesterday. Oh, well, you were there. I, I went there. The yesterday. Yeah, the Spike um, TV is honoring Don Rickles, and um, he was great last night. Like even at 88 years old, you know, he couldn't really stand up, so he just was doing his jokes from a couch. But just, I mean, just, just ripping people, yeah, yeah. ripping Seinfeld. I mean, it was star-studded <laughs> Seinfeld. He was sitting in the middle of Seinfeld, Martin Scorsese, Robert De Niro, Johnny Depp, Wow, John Stewart, um, anyone known. Yeah,
4: yeah.
10: <laughs> um, and who Any else? Any big names? <laughs> and uh, Brian Williams, and he—I mean, just right down a row, just destroying them. Did he call yeah. anyone a hockey puck? He... Did he call anybody? No, he was ripping <laughs> Polish people like you know, he always does. You know,
1: I-, I saw him when I was yeah. a kid. This was years ago. When I saw him in a theater and around, and someone crazy was opening for him like a Jerry Vale. Right? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. With an orchestra, the whole thing. <laughs> so I'm there with a girl, and we were having an adult night out, and. In the front row was a woman that had to weigh like 375 pounds. <laughs> and then Jerry Vale is doing this song. He looks over and he just laughs. He goes, honey, please move do not be here in a half hour. And the entire place was laughing their asses Cause off. Because we all spotted her. Right, and yeah. we were like, this is going to be trouble. Yeah. So, you know. For her. Yeah. We were <laughs> laughing an hour before Rickles got there. He comes out. He starts to do his hat set. He looks at her. He's like, holy shit. Drops the mic. Runs across the stage. <laughs> dives on top of it. And starts humping like <laughs> the dog. Oh, really? It was the funniest <laughs> shit I've ever was seen Was she in my laughing life. about it yeah, too? Yeah, she was yeah. having the time of her life. Yeah. I never saw anybody get mad at her. Rickles. Well,
10: you know it's interesting because yesterday when Seinfeld was doing, um, you know, he was like doing the honors, and all that. He said that it's an insult to not be insulted by Don. He said, right. if you're not insulted by Don, then you should be upset because that means he probably doesn't like you.
0: Right? Yeah. You mean if you haven't been insulted? If you haven't by been Don. insulted, if, if he doesn't yeah. pick on you, if he doesn't so get roasted by Jeffrey Ross, like yeah. when he did with right. me, I'm like, yeah, that's cool. It's an honor to be yeah. roasted
1: by. But you know, like we were bringing this up. Uh, it's up on the interbank today. We were saying probably the toughest, take no shit comic working today, Joan Rivers. Mm-hmm. She will not apologize. Go over even Chris. Give me some of the the, the comebacks that when people were asking her to apologize for shit because it's <laughs> so amazingly funny. What did she do with the cruise line right off the bat?
2: Yeah, she um she's oh she said that the, the the rooms were so small that. Uh, that uh, the girls from Cleveland. Oh, yeah, she <laughs> <laughs>
0: made So who was offended by that?
1: I don't know, people went, and the, the people went crazy. It <laughs> yeah, the hired her. People went crazy about that. It was just uh, the girls from <laughs> Cleveland girl who were held hostage. The girls from, from Cleveland I had know. to come out and complain. And she says, please, we know. Uh, you got a book deal out of it, blah blah blah. You said
3: you've been living rent free for ten years. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: so funny! And uh, every other comic will apologize. I'm sorry, that was taken out of context. And she just burrows down. It just comes out swinging. Hard. Yeah, I think
0: when you get to a certain age, you're like, fuck it. I'm not apologizing. I think she was
1: also like that when she was 40, though. You yeah. know what yeah. I mean? Like, I She's really a tough girl. think that people don't give her the full credit for being as edgy as she obviously is. Yeah. You got another one, Shelby? Yeah, she uh, was joking
3: about Heidi Klum and she (laughs) said the last time a German looked this hot was when they were pushing Jews into the oven. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> no, here's the thing. It was the ADF that got mad at her. Her own people came own in free, and got well,
3: mad yeah, at her. Yeah, it's not not like hey the Germans are offended. No, right. the Jews are like hey, the come Jews on. are like
1: too soon. too soon. Too soon. No, what did she say when they asked her to Because she don't if you want her to insult you, ask for an apology. That's the funniest shit. Yeah, she comes back with even more, which yeah. is great
0: yeah
3: she didn't say anything about that one. they just didn't even they're like
0: yeah we uh, we kind of hear you on that but even these e. days, people want everyone to apologize for everything. when you do your Italian stuff, Chris, do you get any shit from people?
10: No, never from Italian people it's always other other people that are like you shouldn't I can't believe you just said Guido it's like right. what <laughs> who are you? well, you are Chinese I, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. At out of it. yeah, but
1: the Italians were always mad at the sopranos. they get really mad at gangster movies mm-hmm. and I forget what it is the anti italian made or yeah. To Cuomo it was yeah. like,
0: there's no such thing as the mob or the mafia. It was like, it was a figment of people's imagination. Yeah.
1: It never happened.
0: Yeah. But Some you know, most of the imagination are yeah.
1: oddly proud of the mafia. Oh, They're yeah. like, oh, yeah it's, it's great. They had style. Those guys. They, they really style. did have a lot of style. It was cool even like you know when Rickles and
10: when I was watching today on YouTube how I used to make fun of Frank Sinatra about being in the mob like that yeah. part of like America and whatever it was the 60s 70s seemed like such a right. cool time to be in America but I don't, it doesn't, I don't know if it doesn't exist but it's definitely not in the open anymore I mean like oh, I guess yeah. it was well yeah. now
1: it's the Russians yeah. So yeah, yeah, going yeah. around doing that the yeah. Italians have actually kind of assimilated more but uh, those uh, well Shecky had that same thing where he said that Frank saved his Life, yeah, because he, five, guys five guys were <laughs> beating him up. And and Frank said enough. He said enough. That's enough. <laughs> <He> enough. <laughs> That's enough. Yeah, and then right. so that yeah. actually supposedly happened. but Yeah, he, I said saw, it was, he
0: said it was true that five guys were beating him up because Frank Sinatra didn't like him.
1: Well, he wow. was saying shit yeah. in his act. Yeah, you know, about. But was Frank, Frank Sinatra exactly. like a connected guy, or did like he, is that uh, what it was? Y- you know, if you ever watched The Godfather, supposedly that. Singer characters based on Frank, where the, the Mafia guys the loved head. him. Yeah. they made sure they had good things, and he would show up and do shows and things right. that they were doing. And he would bring in Sammy and Dean and all that. Wow. Um, but though you know, that's when Vegas was yeah way out there on the edge of the desert. You know, just wild times.
0: Yeah. Supposedly, somebody in my family was married to Pittsburgh Phil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Phil, 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 Phil
0: used to kill people with an ice crane. pick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he used to sit in a the theater and put an ice pick through. People.
1: And wait for the melt?
0: And, 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 <laughs> he got the, and he got the electric chair. Yeah. no,
1: Was uh, were there, yeah. uh, did, did, was he related to Philadelphia Pitts? Those two guys. <laughs> Pittsburgh Phil. Pittsburgh. You know Pittsburgh Phil. <laughs> he's <laughs> from, he's yeah. from Pittsburgh. He's a good <laughs> yeah. introduce yeah.
4: himself, but yeah, Pittsburgh Real Phil. Original.
1: <laughs> well, you know, to me, that Italian sense of humor. I think I think Goodfellas is one of the funniest goddamn movies. Yeah in history, and obviously it's not a comedy, but I, I've seen that movie 80 times and I still ended up Is that there. when Joe Pesci's
0: like, I'm funny? I'm funny how? And yeah, he hits yeah, the guy over the well, head with the bottom. Yeah, no, no, but there me. are but people even, like that. Yeah, uh, do you, but but even not take a joke.
1: Mom is so funny in that, yeah, one dog's looking this way, one dog's looking the other way. So you what?
10: Know, I feel the same way. Every time I'm on a plane, you I you know, uh, especially if you do fly like um, v- Virgin or, or Delta, yeah. one of those nice planes, they always have Goodfellas as an option to watch, and right. I always watch, and I always laugh and I always feel like there's people looking at me like look at this psycho laughing at this gangster movie like a nut job. People are getting their heads, you know, where they Frank Carbone they put him in the meat locker and I just he just fucking looks like an asshole. I love it. It's
1: just great. Stax. Stax. Yeah Stax is one of the great characters. Yeah. He's almost like the Boba Fett of that movie <laughs> where he's not in it long but everyone brings him up. Yeah. Boba Fett's in Star Wars. Oh, okay it's not a sport. I don't know about it. <laughs> I don't know if Star Wars either? I don't even I know a little no, bit. Normally the guys don't who don't know sports th- no Star
10: Wars.
0: That's what it is. You don't fit into the... Well, it's you know, Star, like it, in, in Star Trek. I didn't do a lot of stuff that a, a lot of people... I don't like trendy shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't like... I do my own thing. I, I don't like to follow what everyone else yeah. does. You know, like for a long time, people were reading... What was that? The Celestine Prophecy. Everybody yeah. was reading The Celestine Prophecy. And I didn't want to read it for that very reason. I was reading my own shit. Everyone's like, you got to read The Celestine Prophecy. I try not to do what everyone else does. Not on purpose, it's just that it doesn't interest me. If everybody's doing it, I want to do something else. Now you make us feel like a bunch of
1: trendy yeah. assholes, no. Jeffrey. <laughs> Seriously. <it laughs> like, Jeff. feel feel like like you make me feel like Johnny Did you Johnny read the Celestine Prophecy? Yeah, I read it three times. I thought it was unbelievable. No, I, I finally wound my up house. reading it. I finally I wound saw, up I reading my it. I moved down to Peru because of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, It's funny. I finally wound up reading
0: it. Yeah. And I met yeah. a very close friend. Because of reading that book, I'm very involved in ancient Egypt. I love that kind of stuff? Mm-hmm. Well, you know me. Yeah. And I like the pyramids and the ancient stories about he that. He thinks right? the aliens built them. Well, I, I know they did. Really?
10: <laughs> you know the guy, you watch the History Channel? Yeah, the ancient, ancient So aliens, there's a, one yeah. of the guys on there that you kind of look like. You know no, that,
0: guy, that guy with the crazy.
10: The guy, yeah, I was like, so it's funny you mentioned it, I was like, that looks like you'd be Jeff Gordon's son. <laughs> I always That's think crazy. that. No,
0: but that guy. No, that but guy has ridiculous. He says, on. but yeah. you
10: know, I, he said something that, I don't know if, because he said that the carvings that they have in those pyramids that, you know, to carve into something, you have to have some something stronger has to carve into stone, w- stone, whatever. And they said the only thing that was available to them at those times was diamonds that was, that was harder than that stone, material. Right, right. So they said either these Egyptians kind of carved in with diamond-studded tools or aliens helped them.
0: Right. And so and I, course, I don't know. Where did they get tools like that and why did they disappear? There's no sign of them, you know. They had to be helped by a higher form of intelligence it just makes sense you know Egypt still things this yeah, but they, but so where did that knowledge go? Nobody knows how they were built, how the pyramids were built, how those things were carved. How, you know, they know how it was built. How was it built? Pulleys. Yeah, they. Uh, the yeah, Jews bullshit. A, they, yeah, well, Jews, yeah, Jews yeah. on yeah. were slaves. They had to yeah. pull stones that weighed two hundred thousand pounds and put them in mathematically perfectly.
1: They didn't have anything else to do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, That's right. so Jews, were, Jews were, doing, were bored in those they, days, they, right? They, no, they, they took were tired of being generations slaves. to do that. Yeah. They yeah. thought they were doing it for God. You couldn't do it in a
0: hundred years put those stones 200,000 th- this day in our modern uh, times there are I'm only two do? pieces of
1: equipment that can I raise a stone r- of 200,000 pounds because I'm going to get a real scientist in here to ex- or okay. an architect or somebody to explain because I don't want you running around believing that shit on those channels but the pyramids were built perfectly
0: there's no space between the stones yeah but some of the
1: other how could ancient can I you, people some of the other yeah. pyramids got put together like shit they took it back apart well those <laughs> were so the ones that were probably built, built by people yeah they the the others yeah. were yeah. built by, by no, aliens no the Jews weren't built yeah the not yeah. jews, who were, building jews were.
0: we're not good at construction <laughs> There <laughs> wasn't up <laughs> to you at the time <laughs> we, had, we had our Italian friends to help us with that but
10: maybe though but maybe it's because at that time like you know like we don't live in a society where you have to work till death you know we get lunch breaks and yeah. insurance like them if you didn't do it they were going to kill you
0: so maybe If they that, work 24 it, like, hours a, a day, they couldn't get those stones yeah. to be that... Per- mathematically perfectly, but look, you're facing not, a certain star, they like... You you're know.
1: not going to be... A, for some reason, you yeah. would rather believe in little green men than human beings did this. I, I imagine the no, ghosts of those people, people are going who, like this. un believable All that work we do, and now he's fucking taking it away from us. <laughs> Give the guys the credit. I give
0: everybody credit, but I met guys who have been in UFOs. There's a guy, I can't think of his name. He wrote the book, The Keys of Enoch, or The Wheels of Enoch, and he's been, he's like a double Wait. PhD, this guy, and he's been abducted by aliens, Wait. and he showed me pictures of shit. You won't watch Star Wars, but you listen to this guy. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, this stuff
1: is real. <laughs> I bet if he does see Star Wars, he's going to think it's fake. A I don't like to
0: read novels and shit. It's a waste of time. I want to learn stuff.
6: Christy uh, dis, uh, dis, oh god Christy Fano is in studio with us going oh boy. Gonna be at the He's Sacramento going to be at the Sacramento Punchline Thursday, Friday and Saturday two shows on Friday and Saturday plus you can catch him on Guy Code on Wednesdays on MTV and also off the bat on MTV2
1: Hey Austin you're on the air buddy
7: What up Ronnie I uh, that you high as fuck that's funny um They actually did figure out how they moved the stones. I don't know how they got them actually into the pyramid formation, but like two or three days ago, they came out with this shit where they said it was a very intricate way that they wet the sand so it didn't get too mushy or anything like that. They just like, they created like a road of water and then they moved those gigantic ass stones across it with all the slaves and everything. What's wow. up, Jeffrey?
0: And it just came out but two did, or three days ago. But
1: did the aliens help with that road of water? <laughs> they may have.
0: Yeah you can't lift stones that high and put them in why do you demand that it's aliens I'm doing why it right now no it's not it, it's a higher form of intelligence whether it's aliens or whatever uh, I'm open to everything mm-hmm. but you can't disprove that it, just, it doesn't make sense that ancient man built the wonders of the world like Stonehenge and shit like that there, there's formations of rock that were too big for people in those yeah, times but, but, but to why, move. I mean, let me no, give you this. this, right? And the way they're Aliens, placed, yeah. they're
1: placed... Where, but why where, where did aliens did, care about rocks so much, Jeffrey? Why wouldn't they just come and, and plaster something? They supposedly like I left there, them for if, people if, in if the future. If there was like a fucking beautiful Trump Tower that was sitting there in glass, I'd be like, how did the fucking Egyptians do that? <laughs> but it's just rocks. No, because we have the
0: technology today to build know, skyscrapers to and to build all that but, stuff. But So where did all that knowledge go? If they built that 5,000 years ago, my friend John did the NBC special <laughs> called Mystery of the Sphinx. And the way I met him was because I was really the Celestine the sphincter. The sphincter. He, he shot it and produced it, and he's a geologist, and he said to me that if you've ever seen the Sphinx, <laughs> there are water marks on the Sphinx, and there hasn't been water in the desert right. for 15,000 years. Jeffrey,
1: yes. you know how you go to every comedy show? I need medication? No. I want All you to right. take off one night from going to comedy All shows right. and watch Mythbusters. They're going yeah. to explain to you this stuff. Really? Yeah. yeah.
0: I'm open to watching that. Uh, I, you, but I still, I believe what I believe.
1: You thought a comic floated across here one day because he was yeah, standing on cause his he toes. Was, I know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I can be gullible. I'm into magic. I think people have special powers. Mm-hmm. I think there are people like David Blaine. I'm sure he has some kind of special powers. Yeah,
1: his special pro-
0: powers is practice. And there are people who can read minds. I know that. There are people who can read your thoughts.
3: Nobody can read. They do those little clues like, hey, what? oh, is there a guy with H? Does that mean anybody... Oh, well, my dad's name's Hank. You saw so oh, that 60 Minutes yeah. thing with
0: Mark Salem, right? Amazing yeah. stuff, where where I picked stuff out of the audience, and the guy he was blindfolded, mm-hmm. and, he, and he read a guy's driver's license by putting his hand over it. He, I picked somebody at random. I, I just took Here's
1: Steve in New York. He wants to tell you about the pyramids. Go ahead, okay. Steve. Hi.
0: Listen, I, I, I don't know why he thinks that aliens helped
7: build the pyramids, but... I'm going to tell you they built a, they, they dug it, they started with the top and then dug their way down and that's how they did the stones and The reason why there's no space between the stones is because of sandstorms, just like you've ever seen like a dandelion growing out of the side of an oak tree that's because the wind had picked up the dirt Filled the space and then seeds have filled the space in there, and that's how it grew. So now that's why there's no space between the stones because it's been there for thousands of years. All
1: right, here's uh, Benjamin in Michigan. Got Benjamin.
7: Hey, from as far as I know, the pyramids are built by just like an army an army of of soldiers worshiping that, that God that you mentioned earlier. And I mean, a matter of pulley systems and rolling stones on logs is how they got them there
0: up.
1: Lot- you, know you would rather believe in aliens, right, Jeffrey? No, I would be
0: open to anything. I've trained in scientific proof, mm-hmm. you know, but... Well, from what I've read, there's no way that you can pick up stones that size on pulleys and ropes. They said it would take a million men pulling on these stones to hoist them into position. And even if you could hoist them up, how would you get them aligned perfectly so that they're mathematically perfect and that so, so that they're facing certain solar constellations? They measure where these things are facing. They're pointing into the sky. at Because there was no holes in the place. ozone layer
10: back then. You could just see everything. You know, like you, with the like, I feel like and You'd and, and like the sky was clear. The sky was clear. There was clearer. no pollution. There was no right? pollution, yeah. and they took, did it over hundreds of years. And they had millions, didn't they? Have how many? They had all those Jewish slaves, the Egyptians.
3: Yeah, a lot of people probably died. It wasn't. Yeah, a they killed was a thing. generation.
0: The not that strong. Put, yeah, if you're uh, no, a slave, you're not being fed well, it's that a different, well. kind, of different kind of Jew back then. Different kind of Jew. Why pick do you up want stones? to
1: believe in aliens?
0: Because I'm open. Because I believe in there are forces beyond our comprehension. I think you self-hating human. Because I, no, because I'm open to the concept that I, as a person, you can only know so much. How am I supposed to know right, what's real and what isn't? Here's Dan in Connecticut.
7: Hey, I just wanted to say that Fez could learn something from Jeffrey next time he's feeling a little down about himself, Jeff's out in this bullshit, the callers and Ron are calling him out on it, and uh, you know what, Jeff's still going to go home feeling pretty good about himself.
1: Tonight. Well, Jeff actually feels good, and, and I'm enjoying the fact that he loves this. And it's one of my favorite things, that he's always ready to believe you, other dimensions, other things. You are a modern-day
0: mystic. There are forces in this world that are beyond our comprehension, and I'm mm. convinced of that. There's a lot of stuff that we don't understand. We're only human. We, we can only comprehend though. so much. We comprehend what we see. But there's other levels of existence that we're not aware of. Smell, you know? taste. Well, well the senses, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want the watermelon,
1: please. I wouldn't thank you for that. <laughs>
0: I'm just fascinated by stuff like that. The ancient mysteries of the world. Esoteric wisdom is mm-hmm. the thing that I'm fascinated by. And I
1: believe that there are things that have happened in the past that we're not aware of. But here's why we have mysticism. We have it until we get the knowledge. You know what I mean? Like we used to think that the sun fell into the ocean at night and we'd all get nervous. Is there going to be a new sun tomorrow? But then we figured out we stopped with those kind of things. Well, there were we, guys who also thought the Earth was flat. I'm not... I'm not you know. There's not a true scientist who believes that the
0: aliens built the pyramids. Oh, I think there are. I do think there are. And this friend of mine who shot this NBC special is a geologist. And he said it's very clear that many, many scientists agree that the pyramids are probably at least 15,000 years old. Mm-hmm. But Egyptologists are against saying that. They want it to be within the range of when the Egyptians supposedly built them. They were probably used as teaching uh, things like... the There were men called initiates that wanted to become the high priests and they were locked inside the pyramids for like weeks at a time with no food. And if Mm. they could survive that, they would be given the secrets to life. Secrets were passed down. From generation to generation, there was, you know, a lot of times there was no books. The Bible was written as a succession of I, stories that I were told say, to Jeff people. Jeffrey,
1: I would never get high with you. Because this, I know. <laughs> maybe guys we're who do high this now. Maybe this <laughs> is just an alternate yeah. universe. And I'd just be like, "This, fuck, Jeffrey, that's true. That's like we be better shit, stay right? in here. Let's not go outside. That's where it gets really weird. Um, Blowhard wants to talk to you, guy. Blowhard. Jeffrey. Yeah.
11: Um, since you've been around for ages, and I have a little uh, TV history in New York City for you, and I wanted your opinion on three hosts who had TV shows, and if you have any good stories or because comics appeared on their shows. All right, just tell us. All right, one, the first one's David Susskind.
1: I know who David Susskind is. I know who he is, yeah.
11: Sunday nights on Channel 5, he would have comics on all the time back in the 60s and 70s. And I was just wondering if you knew anything like whatever happened to him. And did have he had cancer, right?
0: I, I, I think so, but I don't remember him having comics on the show. I, I, I remember political. it as being a political show. That's yeah. how I thought of it.
11: He had comics. Okay, let me give you the next one then. then. No. Of course, uh, Stanley Siegel.
0: Stanley, Stanley Siegel. Siegel, that's a... It's a familiar name, but I don't remember oh, any you're show. You're
11: really blowing this. I thought
0: you would know this stuff. Stanley Siegel. I'm feeling a lot wow. of pressure, but yeah. I, I have to admit that I don't know Stanley Siegel. Yeah, I have to live with ABC. that shame. <laughs> who, who is the third one?
11: He was no. He was the first host to have therapy on the air. If you remember, Stanley Siegel. He had. He actually did therapy. Um, He was on ABC. And the third one is a classic. Of course you know Joe Franklin.
0: Well, of course, and I still see Joe Franklin occasionally.
11: Can you bring him into the Ron and Fez show and talk about... All the story because Joe Franklin has no. I'd, l-
0: I'd
1: have Joe Franklin. I would bring sometime. Joe
0: Franklin in, sure, in a minute. Yeah. That's a good suggestion. I think he'd be a fascinating guest. Because he's, because well, he's he's so on TV and radio, one of the longest of anybody.
1: And he's had
11: everybody and his mother on the show. I mean, this guy's had.
0: Chris, you even know who he is? Can
10: I be honest? I don't know yeah. who Joe
0: Franklin he's is. He's
1: before your time, and he yeah. would always be. I was the first person who had Bette Miller on the air. I yes,
0: was the and, and he did. He'd have yeah. everybody from Frank Sinatra to plate spinners, like the Ed yeah. Sullivan show. He would mix. And he
1: had, I never had like, a big set. He always had, like... What very channel? simple
0: set. Just a, a desk and four people sitting next to him. I was yeah. on the show many times. He's just... It's an you on interesting... the show many
1: times? Yeah, yeah. Have you got I any actually of that
0: video? I do. I yeah. would love to yeah, watch I'll that sometime. He still but wears that same at... jacket. He wears a red jacket for, like...
11: Two in the morning on uh, Channel 9 locally in New York, and the best thing about Joe Franklin is he would have, like, a plate spinner talk on the panel to Joey Ramone or something. You would have the, the, the panelists would be talking to each other. Exactly,
0: have... yeah. He would mix it up with a very bizarre, eclectic
1: mix of people. A lot of mountain comics, too, so, right? And writers for mountain
0: oh, comics. Oh, we had one. Oh, I wish I could remember his name. He, had, so he always wore a beret, and he talked in a very hoarse voice, and he opened for Sinatra. Sinatra used to bring him with him all the time, and he was like a crazy guy. Do you remember that guy?
11: Is that Tom Dreeson?
0: No, oh, no, an, old, 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 an older man. Oh, because I know Tom Therese opened No, up. opened yeah. for Sinatra, but this was like, he was like a, a lunatic, like a crazy guy with a beret and talked in a very hoarse voice. I'll, I'll, I'll look for it when I get it, because I have it on video. Bring
11: Franklin in because he's a treasure and he's probably got some of the greatest stories going. And I'm by gl- the way, pizza has been in New York way before the 1950s or 40s, wherever you are.
1: We and had- just met his neighborhood. Yeah, it the must aliens, have been in I my think...
11: neighborhood. I know. They built it, room, actually.
0: Yeah. They built the first pizza pie.
11: And um, the, and speaking of sharpening knives, the guys would come around in the truck, and they would ring a bell. It was like an ice cream truck, but it was a guy.
1: Then the sharpening. kids licked it, and they would get their tongue cut. <laughs> <laughs> Jill Lawson <laughs> just uh, mailed me the thing for the guy who drives around. um because I, I just want to go out to a truck and get my own nice shop. I remember yeah, and you would hear the bell they
0: actually would, would that wheel in a, a peddler's cart sharpening knives. That's a crazy... That's quite a profession, right, Chris? And then there
10: was... Yeah. And then they also told me there was a guy who... My dad said there was a guy who just used to walk around with rides. I was like, what do you mean with rides? (laughs) He was like, like, he would just walk around and be like... He would carry (laughs) children. He would just... He had rides. I was like, what do you mean he had rides? Blower,
11: on the back of trucks, they had a Ferris wheel on the back of... (laughs) Yes, there would be a truck
0: that (laughs) would pull into the (laughs) neighborhood that would have little rides on it. Blower,
11: what neighborhood are you in? I grew up (laughs) in Bay Ridge.
0: Yeah. Bay Ridge. Bay Ridge Yeah. Brooklyn, Similar.
11: And there would be a truck every every night around five o'clock and it would be a miniature Ferris wheel or it could be a whip.
0: A carousel a whip. also, like a little carousel. Like a yeah, they had those.
11: And you would you would give the guy like a quarter and you would go on this ridiculous ride on the back of a flatbed, and then as you get off, he would give you like an ice pop or a toy as like a little uh, you know, memento and you would wait for that ride truck, and the guy usually had a speaker on it blasting, you know, top 40 radio. So when you heard, like, coming down the block the beatles blasting they're like the ride the ride and you would
1: run and, and, and that and it that sounds awesome i would love it i would love but that it also it sounds dangerous yeah, like i don't so, trust the ride <laughs> you wouldn't would not trust your kids there these days no no yeah, these days get that on wouldn't on the
11: fly
6: on the back of the yeah. truck
11: and the, but one last thing we had in, in my neighborhood we had new york city in the 60s had a thing called movies in the streets and what they used to do is have this another flatbed truck with a giant movie screen, and they would come to your block if you were signed up for it, and they would show a movie in the summertime, and all the kids would come out with beach chairs and the pajamas, and New York City sponsored this. And they waited till dark, and then they would run a really bad movie. And that was part of a. The Parks Department had this thing in the 60s, and they would go into the inner cities. And they you know, they, they do
1: a lot of it in parks now, too, and they're still very popular. People love to go out watching watch an old movie together like that's that. So the only thing they have in, frick, that's awesome. They have, um,
0: they have, see they have, what you missed by being so young. I know. I, they got sponsored
10: free <laughs> HIV testing. There was by no me, you know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> When I was that's a kid, you a big go out. out, they would take <laughs> a test, <laughs> and a little while later it. you find out if you were to die. Not even blood. They said it was just you could just
10: lick a slab. You could lick this thing. It was yes, you could lick this thing. They put it in a machine, and you walk away, and know
1: if you got AIDS or not. There is never a time that you feel <laughs> sicker than when you take an AIDS test. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're just like, here it is. Uh, it's, now I find out the truth. You so remember every
0: dangerous thing you ever did. Like, holy shit. Why the fuck did I do that? What, yeah. is, what a surprise AIDS
1: was, huh? i What a shocker that was. Back yes. door. Um, look who it is. It's Queen Elizabeth. Hello, Queen. Hello, Ronnie. Hey, darling. I have a question.
6: So, until the invention of the crane, uh, you know, aliens built the pyramids. Right. And who are they? He keeps saying, they
1: say they this. Look at all the castles in Europe. They didn't have cranes then. And all these giant castles in Germany. More aliens? And England.
0: And no, no. I think people built those. Those are, th- and those are, are reasonable structures. People built churches and they built things. and It's these huge columns. It's, it's these things that have stones that weigh 200,000 pounds. Why Where's would the aliens
1: road? want a so, stone
0: triangle road? here? What's in it for them? I don't know I mean, And why aren't know. they
7: Continuing
0: to build Yeah I think of that too Why aren't monkeys Still becoming men oh, That's racist Yeah I was going to say What No seriously what if, we, if we came we came going for that if, if evolution came If we evolved Is that what you call if, them In the Bronx it's If we evolved slowly. from animals If we evolved from apes Why isn't it still going on Well it is yeah, still going on every They day. never found uh, The, the uh, what, what is that The missing link They've never actually Found that I So why that- did that stop If that's true if evolution is true, why why did that stop? It hasn't still, stopped. It's still though, going though, right? on. What? There it are apes start. that are in the process no, of becoming men.
1: every single thing that you see yeah. is evolving. Everything. Now, well, I know it doesn't that, that all our cells
0: change every seven years. No, I'm it's saying true. everything says that you that. see
1: is evolving. Everything. It's going slower than what you're... Well, you're talking about quantum physics? No, I'm talking about <laughs> <No>. evolution.
0: <laughs> biology. Well, everything is evolving.
1: <laughs> there's no reason to throw quantum physics. No, because there's a,
0: there's a theory that things are every single thing is moving. This desk oh, is yeah. made up of atoms. Yeah. That, but that's th- that things are evolving. a constant flux in motion. Yeah. And if your eye could actually see it, it happens so fast that we would be in and out of existence, that people wouldn't look whole, they wouldn't look real, if you could really see... In, the, in in time, in the proper time, that nothing would look real. We'd be f- focusing. in and I don't out. have to
1: worry about that. I even
0: need reading glasses, so I'll never have to see that. You just those things are interesting to me. You
1: don't like shit like that. But I'm sitting here talking to you. I like yeah, all yeah. that kind of <laughs> shit. I like every. Bit I'm of fascinated, it. but by I'm not that stuff. willing to, to to throw my belief behind aliens. Uh, if aliens well, show up, well, the word up,
0: alien. Me, it sounds strange. I'm just like higher beings. In every, in every society across the world, people that were not in communication with each other, they all had these cave drawings and they all drew fiery chariots in places that, that could not be in contact with each other. So how did they all see the same thing? What are fiery chariots? You know, ancient man couldn't really describe but what he here, saw. They were probably here's,
1: spaceships. Here's where your you're ta- you're watching one of these shows, and they're, they're entertainment shows. You realize that, well, and sure, they're, and they're giving you facts, and you're believing them as if they were true. Because there's are scientists something- that are talking
0: about them. There's not just some average schmo. They talk to scientists, and there are scientists who believe in this. But
1: then we've got to go and find out what the scientists' thing were, because you know you can get a doctorate on fucking line, We too. just took yeah, his absolutely. word that
3: the stones were 200,000 pounds. I don't know how <laughs> right, much they Right, we have weigh. no idea how much they cost. <laughs> okay.
1: But when Neil deGrasse Tyson comes in here, and he says to me, those other channels are filled with just fake shit, I'm going to believe him. You know, because he's as, he's as curious as you are but then he goes and gets the facts like you can google this stuff you can google how did man make the pyramids and get an answer there you want yeah, to believe I don't think there's
0: any one answer I don't think if you google that now I don't think they're going to tell you how there's but like it went, a th-
1: literally 800,000 articles about you that. went to school did any of your teachers even say probably the aliens did this <laughs> we never discussed that in school
0: <laughs> <laughs> and that was after school talk
1: um. here's Patrick in Connecticut you're on the run and Fez show
7: yeah Jeff um, you're, you're driving me nuts evolution the way it works it's a really really slow process and they have found several what you would call missing leaks but, links, but every time they do the retarded creationists go well what's the one in between those two and just because you still see monkeys We didn't evolve directly from the monkeys you see today. There are different species we branched off. And there are still species that are still evolving, but it happens over
1: millions of years. Yeah, Jeffrey thinks fucking it's just a pop. Like there's a monkey, you go to the zoo, and then poof, and you look over, (laughs) it's fucking Chris Stanley sitting there with a yak. No, but I understand
0: it takes millions (laughs) of years. So, millions of years ago, if something started to evolve, wouldn't it exist? There would be something existing now. It doesn't come from, from zero. We've been here for a long time. So if, there, if it happened millions of years ago, wouldn't there be some evidence of constant evolution? And I believe in evolution. I'm just wondering, why isn't it still
1: going on? It is still going on. In the spectrum, well, never no one stopped. seems to report on it. <laughs> There's nothing to report. It's <laughs> happening. The thing. I mean, it just happened so slow so that gradual. no one could report yes. on it. We're There's not nothing gonna, going yes. on. But
0: it, no one it, finds it, anything of something that started evolving like many years ago,
1: yes, birds were fucking dinosaurs. Pterosaurs. Yeah. Okay. You know, so that's happening. But then you just can't watch like that. Birds get more scales, isn't it? <laughs> Is it returning into a dinosaur?
3: <laughs> we got to get another monkey. Uh, this one evolved over. Night in the zoo.
1: I... It's now a little it's kid. It's confusing. It's just confusing. No, know. it's good. You're doing it. I'm doing it. <laughs> um, have you ever watched any of the stuff about the, the Galapagos Islands? And the. The Those evel- tortoises? Yeah, but all of it. The, the stuff there because it's been separated. Well, you can there find are animals there that you don't find any place else in any the world. Right? Else, yeah, so, yeah. And some of them are even different because they live on different sides of the island. It's amazing. Um. Here's William. William in Jersey. Guy, buddy.
7: Yeah, hey, how's it going? Um. The reason why a lot of ancient cultures were drawing chariots of fire going across the sky is simply because those peoples worshipped what they saw around them and they worship nature. And seeing the sun every day, whether you're in Egypt and you're calling it Ra, or wherever you are, you're seeing this fiery thing that's going across the sky providing light and warmth and growth. So that's all the cultures, all the early cultures were worshiping things like the sun and things like the moon, and and, and, and their perceptions of them were all very similar, because they, they all similarly were human beings, and we were able to represent these things in ways that they were limited to represent them. So also, you're saying
0: that, that the representations of fiery chariots all represented the sun? Meteors? Absolutely. Could be meteors? Absolutely. But they showed they drew people in them, and some of the people were wearing what looked like helmets. And you yeah, can see that because, if you look so at you the drawer. Because, right, right,
7: because 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 their primitive minds conceptually can cannot could not go beyond thought. You're you're thinking as a person who's been watching science fiction and seeing all these other things. But their primitive minds, the only thing that they could relate anything to was themselves. So therefore, in seeing these things and calling them gods, they needed to represent them like themselves.
0: But they probably I, drew what they saw. There's a chance no. that they drew... No, 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 a, no, no, no. Picasso?
1: They, they go. drew... They drew... What did those people used to look like that? I'm she st- had three tits. They <laughs> <fall. laughs> People. People drew like,
3: you know, people on dragons and shit with Game of Thrones. They were just thinking, hey, look at this fiery chariot. Isn't this badass that I painted yeah, on this Yeah, but wall? you know what?
1: I always think with the dragons, probably somebody, if you were like an ancient man and then you found like a fucking skeleton or fossils from dinosaurs, I yeah. must have
0: scared the shit out of oh, you. I'm sure. <laughs> and how hot is Amelia Clark, the mother of dragons? Right? I don't know. The German, no, that's with that's... The blo- oh, you don't watch Game of Thrones? No. Oh, see? Yeah, well, Game of Thrones is an amazing show. Wait, you don't watch... And she's the mother that, of the dragons. That's the show that you watch? That's the one show that I watch. You know this,
1: Grace? Mother of Dragons? Yeah, it's uh, Daenerys. Of Thrones? Daenerys Targaryen.
0: Daenerys Eh, Daenerys Targaryen, and she wears this long blonde wig, and she's amazing. And she controls these three dragons. And I know that is not true. I don't believe in dragons that spit fire. That's an interesting thing. But I do believe in... The- Look, there's, there must be a lot of people who believe, because these shows are very successful. The, the History Channel 2, and Ancient Aliens. And there's a whole... You know, there are a lot of people who yeah. are open to well, that. A lot
1: of people sit down and watch Glee and think it's entertaining music, but you know what I mean? <laughs> you can't account for people's taste. That's, <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, Chris has got a plane to catch. When's your plane leaving? My plane leaves uh, six? six. Jesus km? Christ, we got to start worrying about
0: getting you to the airport, dude. Yeah? Yeah, All right. I thought he brought his stuff because he was preparing for a long visit here. That would be That's nice. What I a suitcase. A nice I food. trying I said, to move in. in I told him it's a long show, and yeah, you know, it' would be great. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Chris De knows going to be appearing at the Sacramento Punchline this Thursday through Saturday. For tickets, go to punchlinesac.com. Punchlinesac.com. That's
10: it. Aliens show up. Anybody you want.
1: Anybody. <laughs> I'm
10: coming. Come you in and enjoy. enjoy I'm yeah. yeah, I'm coming. You gonna teleport yourself? There? I jump around, man. <laughs> oh,
4: yeah, <I'm>
0: <laughs> jump yeah. around. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
10: good to meet you, buddy. Congratulations <laughs> nice you. for Thank everything you, man. that's thanks happening. Thanks for having man. me. Really yeah, appreciate this. Yeah, step back this. in again. Thank you,
1: Yeah, Chris. Thanks for coming. Um, thanks a friend for of mine's an me. editor over on the show too, Video Mitch. Oh yeah, he's a real character. Yeah, he used to know him back in Florida. Sweet. Uh, all right, guys. That's it. We'll see you guys back in here tomorrow. That's the end of my show. gone way up to Mars Soon it'll be filled with park and cars I watched it for a little while
2: I love to
12: watch You know what you've been doing? You've been listening to the Ron and Fez Show. It's now over, but don't worry. You can listen again and again on SiriusXM On Demand. Go to SiriusXM.com slash On Demand. Listen
5: to
4: Ron and Fez whenever you
12: want. Go to SiriusXM.com slash On Demand.